0: Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time.
1: My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you wanna make love, then I do too, and I'll be right there behind you.
2: Greetings, constant listeners, and welcome back to the Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast presented by Bloody FM, the number one horror podcast network out there. And thank you to Charlie Lawrence of the most for our always catchy theme, The Friends Song. I'm your host, Michael Monroeville, Mall Rothman, and today... We're going anywhere but Pittsburgh. We are tossing on our shades, putting the hood down on our vintage 1958 Plymouth Fury and heading back to Hollywood King, our first time since August, the, the August days, the Augie days, if you could believe it, where we'll talk about all the headlines stacking up and all the headlines that have been gathering dust since then in King's Dominion. We've got King's new short story collection, You Like It Darker. We got updates on Welcome to Dairy, Mike Flanagan's Life of Chuck, Salem's Lot. Remember that one? Supposed to come out two years ago. And we also uh, have a podcast stop that that Stephen King was on. He won another podcast that wasn't ours. So, um, (laughs) you know, (laughs) what an asshole. No need. Just absolutely no need. But, you know, look, we love bits here. We also have a Needful Tweets section to go through. So we got a lot. And why don't we just get right down to business and starting with introductions, 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 God, I sound like George Harrison in like the Beatles section. <laughs> let's, let's introduce our fellow losers from Chicago. He's always holding that six string. I just mentioned George Harrison. Well, this is, uh, George Harris, the George Harrison of the, that's not even true. Rock and <laughs> Randall say hello and tell us how October treated you and maybe a tease on, uh, what you've been working on here for the losers club. Uh, Hey, it's Randall. I'll be the George Harrison. I'm not opposed to being George Harrison. Randall, please tell us um, beyond George Harrison lookalike contests, what have you been up to in in October and what have you been working on?
0: Yo, uh, me and Calf and Justin and Mel each watched a horror movie a day in October and we recorded a four hour episode about it. And that episode should be dropping shortly. It's uh, an epic one. Dan, how would you characterize it?
3: The episode or, or the the episode, watching Dan. one a day. It was great. It was truly epic. It was... I know what I was thinking afterwards, actually? It was a great episode. I feel like we were all being very thorough and analytical in the beginning, and then three-fourths of the way and through. And then we realized how long it was going to be. There started to be a lot more like... And then we only yeah,
0: saved I, the analytical discussion for Ghoulies movies yeah. by the end. So, <laughs> yeah, I will ghouls. say, probably more more thoughtful discussion of the Ghoulies franchise on that podcast than has ever been done on any podcast ever. Yeah. And then, yeah, I've also been prepping, uh, doing a lot of prep for our eleven twenty two sixty three 63 episodes, which I'm absolutely couldn't be more excited for. And we're going to talk more about that later. But yeah, big tease. We got some cool interviews coming up. So yeah.
2: Yeah. Very, very cool. Supplemental, accompanying, corollary. It's all pretty much the same, right? Those are all synonyms.
3: They basically beefing up the coverage to give you give you something more i know that randall said that it was the most comprehensive ghoulies coverage in the history of podcasting do we know if sanjay gupta has talked about ghoulies on
2: his <laughs> podcast with, with he might have you know he probably in like what april of 2021 or someone's like ghoulies <laughs> what did you think about covid maybe he answered mel's question about if the ghoulies have sex I don't know. Hey. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun on uh, the, an, another round of Halloween hell. Yes. And I, frankly, I can't wait for it. So, Caffrey, you've already started talking. Uh, let's just skip to you. From Brooklyn, one of the only nice, genuine human beings in a sea of assholes. Oh, thanks. Which is to say, uh, no snub to Brooklyn, no snub whatever. There's a lot of assholes here. Oh, I, I absolutely. Love Brooklyn, but no, there's, there's some assholes in Brooklyn, for sure. It's, it's the, 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 the land of uh, snark, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, there's
3: the, look, there's some assholes, and let's just say they're, um, they're living in a landfill somewhere now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. The you Brooklyn way. Oh. <laughs> this is.
2: Well, say hello. To, uh, you've already done that, but tell us, what, uh, tell us if, if Michael Myers haunted you last
3: month. This is Dan Tana's Caffrey because we're in Hollywood and it's still a restaurant that I would love to go to see the ghost of Harry Dean Stanton playing Danny boy at the piano. Maybe see Glen the ghost of Glenn Fry with a living Don Henley enjoying some bread. Those guys are all still alive. Yeah. Only one Eagle is uh, no. We're not going now, right? down a R- Don Henley. Rennie Meisner. You <laughs> do Meisner. it every fucking
2: time. I'm listening to the Chucky coverage and you're like talking about Don Henley for a good fucking 30 minutes. I, I was like, it's hilarious. Don't get me wrong. I love doing, I love the Don Henley impersonations too, but somehow
3: the, just somehow it's right there for you all the time. You just always it's, somehow bring it up. It's, I, I actually do associate, um, this isn't a joke. I associate the album hotel, California with Steve, with the yeah. stand and reading Stephen King totally. quite a bit. Yeah. But Michael Myers, you asked about, yeah, he haunted me a lot last, last month and last night too, because I realized I hadn't watched Halloween two, the original one yet. So I watched that last night, rewatched it. You've never seen Halloween (laughs) two. What if he had gone this entire time obsessing (laughs) with this franchise
2: He's like, oh, I love Michael Myers. You've read like those fucking young adult books, and then they're like, what about 1981's Halloween two? Put up by Universal. Yeah,
3: yeah, great. Wait, what? no, I've never seen it. (laughs) Fucking, I didn't know there was a second one. Yeah. Yeah, you know, look, it's always it's always Myers Ween for me um, in October. But uh, when we we took Boone trick or treating for the first time, and there was a dad walking around with a really good Michael Myers mask. I think it was the redone. Don Post, one from the 2018 film. But what was funny is that I'm assuming this dad has some kind of job that requires him to wear coveralls because he had coveralls, but they were like a bright blue and had his company's logo on the back. So it was funny because it almost looked like space age Michael Myers because they <laughs> like it was probably go, like, oh, yeah, I have coveralls. I'll just be Michael Myers, yeah. but it didn't have that dirtiness to it. So I saw him walking around. You know, people always send me Michael Myers videos on Instagram. Oh, yeah. I always love it. My favorite one this year was the. One with the the dad dresses Michael Myers DJing. Oh, that's good. Kid is yeah. also dresses Michael Myers and just like shimmying. I still think it's weird that kids they love worship Michael, Michael Myers. Myers now. They They're, just worship him. Yeah, worship a guy who would kill you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he kills a kid in twenty. I mean, but,
2: he yeah. is a kid when he kills, so maybe that's what the kids love. They're like, oh, I could be like him. Um, guy, I want
3: to kill my older sister. She's yeah. always, she's always. Kicking my GI Joes around and not letting me play with her so, and friends. She's, she's always playing Taylor upstairs. Swift. Yeah. yeah boy, she's always with her boyfriend upstairs. She's always putting curlers in her hair when I want to play video <laughs> games. Yeah, yeah. What would you do though if, if, you know, you
2: get a knock on the door and it's Michael Myers outside your door, but then you run to the back door and you open it to find Don Henley. like would you be still scared that michael myers is in the front door or would you be
3: so enamored with the fact that don henley's in the back you know honestly probably the latter because i feel like don henley's a little impervious to harm yeah he's gotten in some legal hot water that he's gotten out of before and also he he's he's got such an ego i don't think michael myers would scare him yeah i I feel like he'd be like we we were not impressed
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah uh, uh, you know he
3: you'd be like oh has, let me several <laughs> several different timelines it doesn't make sense in the confines of reality do something about it yeah <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he could be a little more cohesive I, yeah.
1: you'd
2: be like let me get my actual miles uh, greatest hits and get, you could sign it and then you turn around and michael myers you forget that it was actually myers i was at the front door and you and you get so is- he'd probably kill me but then don henley would feel figure out some way to yeah he always him. does yeah. he always knows how to cheat death and, and cheat his you know his friends and everyone <laughs> cheat his friends out of <laughs> <Yeah>. songwriting royalties <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's
3: he's a really cool guy though i actually i, <laughs> I love him as a songwriter as much I, as I, I, I think he's solo albums stuff with the eagles mean, he's great i i think there's a reason he became look david geffen called him golden throat for a reason and uh as david geffen says henley was malcontent but he sure could sing and i think there's a reason as the eagles go on henley gets more and more songs because. He, he sounds like a, like a Sam Cooke, and the guy can drum and sing at the same time. Who else can do that? Michael Myers can't do that.
2: He can't. He can't. But, well, I'm, I'm glad we went on a tangent with Don Henley, and now we're all driving around through the Walden Woods, and it's time <laughs> to us to, to break out into Nashville, where, if you recall, as I've said multiple times on these Hollywood King episodes, the chicken is hot, and the music is even hotter. And you might find Don Henley there, but you know who you'll also find... Jen, say hello <laughs> and catch us up on your October and your latest project.
4: Oh, yeah. Hey, this is a Jen, Golden Throat Adams, I guess. And uh, yeah, it's fucking hot down in Nashville. My October was very, very hot because, you know, the world is rapidly warming. Yeah,
2: Leonardo DiCaprio. But the only
4: night that was not hot was Halloween, which was like 30 degrees. So we were all walking around with the hot hands and, you know, but we got a ton of candy which may have, may not have given both of my kids a stomach virus too. So, you know, we're just living the dream down here and, you know, but it was fun.
2: Well, speaking of, of, Rotten poison candy. <laughs> that's kind of what happens to the kid in Halloween too. Except I think it's an apple that he probably bit. I do in that one. Are a Razor right blade. It's yeah. a razor blade, right? Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. Even though it kind of looks like a piece of glass, that I thought gotten. it was an ice cube when I was a kid. I thought he had injured his mouth and had. Oh, an and ice then they put in his the mouth. ice it was cube only later in life. I'm like, oh god, it's like a straight Gillette razor. Okay. okay. Yeah, and it's like,
4: tr- ugh, it's it's like saw. It's Which so I was looking awful. it up. It that's is. never
3: happened or never been no, reported. If happened, it has.
4: It's a myth. It's with the It's
3: the parents that have done it. Yeah. Yeah,
4: I mean, <laughs> Kelsey yeah. There was a guy who poisoned some pixie sticks, but he was trying to kill his own kids. Yes, and exactly. Just, so, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So, I mean, the lesson is it. is that just don't trust your parents. You know, it's like exactly. Yeah, I mean, right.
4: Michael Myers had it right from yeah. the very beginning. You know? you know, he's
2: like, I'm going to kill my sister, and then I'm going to kill my parents through grief. Yeah, <laughs> he had the long con <laughs> there. And it worked. <laughs> all stuff you would know if you read the novelization, which they don't really ever mention in the movies. But anyway, <laughs> we're here. We're all, our, our cadet is in the car. Just keep that image in, in mind. We're in the, the Plymouth Fury. And before we get to our little sections, I kind of wanted to throw out some stuff because this has been, as I've started to learn the past two or three weeks, I'm going to go as, as far as say this might be the best year for movies since the yachts. I am having a blast watching wow. some of the new releases. I think some of them are just top-tier shit out there. And I wondered if, uh, if anyone's seen some, some new stuff that they kind of wanted to spotlight. Maybe that—it doesn't have to be horror. It doesn't have to be—you know, we're, we're starting to get into the, the beginning of the Oscar stuff where people are starting to love the prestige. Not the movie, but, you know, the actual prestige, the cream of the crop. And I wondered if any of
3: you had seen something that, that really, like, caught your eye and you're like, fuck, that was good. It's funny, man, Because I maybe mean, because of Halloween. Hell, I actually do feel like most of, for once, most of the new movies I watched this year were horror movies. So. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I feel like maybe the only one that doesn't fall in that category is Oppenheimer. I still haven't seen Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, and man. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to go next week. I'm seeing that new Fincher on Wednesday, The Killer. So that's that's a fun that. one, too. It's a good yeah. one. Yeah, it's, it's very minimal, but it's, it's
4: good. did not know that was Fincher. Now I want to see it. Yeah, no. I'm
3: excited. I watched Air, which I enjoyed. That was 2023. There's a good one. And that might be it. And I'm not saying it's not because I've liked a lot of the horror I've seen, too. But I think most of the movies I've caught have been have been genre movies or horror movies. Yeah. Randall, what about you?
2: You've, what is uh, one that's what would you say is your number one film right now where, where you're at? Of 2023? Yeah. Probably Oppenheimer, which is kind of boring. I haven't seen
0: anything lately because I got a new dog and I yeah. <laughs> and I haven't wanted to leave him too long. And my wife demands that I see Killers of the Flower Moon with her, and I'm not ready to leave my dog alone for four hours. Take him with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I wish I could. (laughs) He'd be so sweet.
4: (laughs) Trench coat.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, like I haven't seen the holdovers, which I'm dying to see. I haven't seen the killer, which I'm dying to see. I haven't seen Anatomy of a Fall, which I'm dying to see. Like all these things are playing in my neighborhood. And I couldn't, I didn't get a chance to go to any of them, which is just kind of a bummer. So the only really new movie I watched, because most stuff that comes out on streamers sucks balls and I have no interest in, but the movie Fair Play on Netflix. Yes. I didn't think it was like amazing, but I thought it was pretty good because
3: okay.
1: it
0: had kind of like disclosure, like, uh, you want to get fucked kind of vibes. And, uh, <laughs> nice. You know, nice. And that, that, that was fun. And I thought it had, you know, Mike and I's boy Alden Reich and, uh, Phoebe Diviner, who is quite attractive, and so it was. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good. Pretty good movie. Is there sex scenes in this? Yeah. Because I- Oh the other because yeah. okay. I, I mean th- th- there's not like full penetration, which is that okay. what people demand these days? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I do, are people, are people like wait, so why are you asking, Mike, pe- were people
2: like <laughs> saying there's not enough sex in this movie? I, I think that I couldn't tell what the debate was, because I know that the big picture did a, a, an episode on it, and I didn't listen to it because I haven't watched it yet, and I really want to watch it, because that's,
3: that's just I love. I miss the adult thriller.: Yeah, that's
2: what That's I, what, yeah. this is, yeah.
4: that's what and, it is. Yeah. Okay. I just
3: watched Fatal Attraction" for the first time.: <gasps> It's fun. Yay. I thought it was: Excellent. And the sex scene is great in that movie. Did it make you horny, baby? Hey, oh. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> 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 Mike Myers did that after
2: Soarin' and Axe. or no, before it. He's you know he just <laughs> this hot stud off of SNL is going to be in.
3: Fatal I, <laughs> I love that. Like we get this pretty hot sex scene with like dirty dishes and shit mm-hmm. bef- between these two people who want to kill each other by yeah. the end mm-hmm. of the movie. It's great. Like we don't we don't I don't think we get that in films anymore. And I. I missed the erotic thriller. Although I, I like that Deep Water movie, not enough sex in it. Yeah, not enough. Yeah, it was a little trashier than Feel no. Attraction. Fatal Attraction. Yeah, felt but distinct. trash is fun. Yeah, I like. I, liked, trash. I oh. do like trash. But what does Randall say? Uh, line us up at the trough, or we say you would say the trough. Oh like
1: yeah, the trough yeah,
3: yeah. I'm a hog. I'll slurp it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we got two endorsements for Fair Play. So
2: you, you also liked it, Jen.
4: I did, yeah. I thought it was really good. Not the greatest movie I've ever seen, but like I hadn't seen anything like it in a long time, and it was yeah. really nice. I think, other than. That, like, I really liked Hell House LLC Origins, which I just talked about on Halloween. Scares. He's now showing, yeah. yeah. I watched It's a Wonderful Knife today. Yeah. Now it's pretty good. It was not the greatest thing I'd ever seen, but it was fun, you know. Don't, don't tweet some,
2: about it, because I'm will, sure everyone yeah. will lose their mind about it. I've seen, I've seen nothing but arguments as I've <laughs> It's just been Well, great. I'm just going to
4: back right on out of that discourse. Yeah.
2: What's the yeah. argument? I'm, I'm totally unplugged. It's it's just been a lot of like people that don't like it get sort of doxxed online and all this other stuff. It's just Jesus a lot of it's, it's just like it's fucking, just a fucking yeah. horror movie. Like, exactly. I that's it, like, a wonderful knife, yeah. right?
4: <laughs> what are you expecting? Yeah, oh, which reminds me, there's another great movie called Slother House that Mike, you actually turned me on to. Yeah, it's, it's so not stupid. great, but it's really stupid and <laughs> really fun. House? Slother House, it's like, on is Hulu. It killer, it's sloth? A, yes. a killer Sloth, yes, Killer Sloth, yeah, because really? it's got the claws, yeah, and the sorority house,
3: yeah, is it like. Taken seriously because I would I would like that if it's taken. It seriously. It is taken
4: seriously, but it's not serious at all. Yeah, it's very stupid. It's very campy. And there's there's a lot of really fun horror shout outs, including an H two O shout out, which oh, yeah? was like my favorite moment of the whole thing. Does the sloth talk? No, but she does tweet.
3: It's probably good. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, and it's, drive. It's, it's, yeah. it's pretty sloth ridiculous. That
4: sounds. Kind of, I mean, is
3: yeah. is, are the, is the creature are the creature effects good?
4: Yeah, they're, they're I mean. Yeah, she, I mean, she's not a real sloth. You no, know. I mean, there it's are spoilers, parts where you, but... like,
2: it, it reminds me of, God, what is it? Half-baked when, like, the dog, you could see the dog pause, like, when <laughs> oh, it's yeah, calling yeah. and stuff. Like, it reminds me of that <laughs> a little bit sometimes. Yeah, it, it, it's, that's the thing. It's like, I, I do love the return of these sort of, like, just hairbrain movies.
4: Yeah. You know? They're, yeah, they're, I mean, it's called Slother House. Like, like yeah. it's not great, but it's really fun. Yeah. I know? will
3: say, I enjoy a movie like that where it sounds like, I mean, I'm sure it's a, Somewhat comedic, but it does sound like they're going for it at least, right? Mm -hmm. I will. I much prefer that over like a Sharknado or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Uh, Which reminds
4: me, Meg Two is really fun too. There's an octopus. Oh,
3: really? I I did not like Meg Two. Oh, I love. Jen and I will have to have a. uh, We'll do a Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Jurassic World
4: did not like Meg Two.
3: (laughs) I only like one Jurassic World movie. Everyone, come on. (laughs) There's only room for one. Not not crazy about it. Yeah,
4: Um, I like Jurassic World too.
2: I'll I'll say this about. The the two movies that I love this year, Killers of the Flower Moon, easily the best film I've seen in the last That's probably insane. the last fifteen years. Honestly, That's what it's, everyone's it's, saying, I, I "Wow!" Didn't see it, so. it is just incredible. If if it's hard to imagine that, I mean, I, I know that you know there is a world where it's not going to win director or best picture, especially since it hasn't been smoking up the the, the box office as, as you know it was in that first weekend, but god damn the it is a fucking powerful movie and it's pretty damn timeless in terms of what it's trying to say about a lot of things and i i it just i find it very hard for them to pick something over it but i don't know incredible but the one i really really fucking love and you just you mentioned it earlier randall and i'd go see it again probably three or four times is the holdovers i i it is just one of the warmest but also Just very devastating in parts. Just really solid movie.
0: That's pain, man.
2: I love it. Top top three director for me. I mean, Giamatti's fantastic, but I think it's Sessa or Damien Sessa, like the main kid in this movie. And the actress from the idol, I can't remember, Divine Randolph, I think it's. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, Divine yeah. Divine Joy Randolph. The the trio in this movie is so fucking good, and I I it could have gone on for like three more hours, and I wouldn't even had blanked. It's just it's you want to be in that world. So if you're looking for something in the holidays, definitely go check it out. And I I'd, I'd go again, Randall, if you wanted to go see it because I I fucking absolutely just loved this movie. So I guess I was gonna you know I just wanted to throw out some fun little top. Uh, uh top of the the mountain of stuff that we have to do which is funny because let's see we're clocking this at 20 minutes already and we haven't gotten to anything stephen king so we should probably do that we should probably toss our pumpkins out and uh click into some needful tweets
1: he's not a human being
3: no! don't you see what he's done kill them all It's god sort them out
2: Like I said earlier, it has been some time before uh, we last talked about uh, tweets around here. And I, I say August, but I think it might be even further than that because I think we skipped Needful Tweets last August because we were doing an interview for King on Screen. So very, very long time since we've actually gone through these tweets. and. I didn't go through all the ones that we've missed because that means we'd have to do like four or five months of tweets. And frankly, I don't have the fucking wherewithal to scroll through that many tweets, especially with all the political tweets in between. So have no fear. We are gonna skip those political ones. We're keeping it all around Rampart and we are going to focus on some ones that I, I picked out. And lo and behold, some of these tweets lead into our next session, believe it or not. So the first tweet I got, from September 6, King retweeted S.A. Cosby, who tweeted, So I'm giving Underworld by Don DeLillo another try. Maybe I was too young before, lol. And this caught the, the eye of King for some reason. And he tweeted, retweeted it saying, The first part is great, the rest is okay. Why not read some James Elroy instead? He's one crazy hipster. Now, Randall, you're a Don Mon. I'm a Don Mon. Are you, have you ever read Underworld?
0: No, because it's like 800 pages, <laughs> and I okay. heard it's mostly about baseball. So okay. I, uh, I think I'm not at that point in my middle age yet. Yeah. But I love Don, and yeah, and I actually just read some Elroy recently. I read American Tabloid kind of as research for uh, eleven twenty two sixty three because American Tabloid is kind of a JFK novel. And so yeah. it's, it's fantastic. I absolutely
3: loved it. I read Libra by Don DeLolo. Oh. I was going to say, year, that's is, another. I've just read that, too. That's a JFK great, story. Kind too, of inad- yeah. inadvertent research uh, also, but it was excellent. Yeah.
2: Looks like you're all doing supplemental research for it. I, I've, I've been reading <laughs> Talking Shape too. Hey, <laughs> so great book. Don't think that's going to help me in uh, 1122. Have you read any, uh, DeLolo, Jen?
4: Nope, no, not even totally sure who those people are. I've been watching Chernobyl on repeat again. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> you watch Chernobyl on repeat? Yeah, it's
4: yes, her comfort watch. It, are you it's doing my comfort to watch. Yourself. It's so watch good. It twice, it's people yeah. working together to solve a a problems. Men killing
2: dogs. Do you, do you skip the oh, fourth episode true. or third episode at least? No, or what, but what's it's a the background episode? Watch. Is, is it second episode? The one it's where the they.
4: It's the fourth one where they kill the dogs, yeah.
2: And then the second one's where they're all like fucking melting in the pot in the, in the yeah, and the the pipes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, Is that like usually when you're like making tea and you're like, ah, I can't. Uh
4: huh.
3: It's yeah. just November. Like,
2: like oh, uh. they look like my
3: bullion packet that's <laughs> melting in my
4: tea <laughs> No, I like it when he makes a big speech at the end. <laughs> Jen, have you ever
3: watched Top Chef?
4: I have watched it's Top a very, Chef. Very yes, good comfort
2: watch there. If you I want alternatives, to Top Scallops Chernobyl. also. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. no there's no radiation poisoning though throughout that. So I, don't I know. know if so you're what in. is
4: the point? You know? <laughs> the only thing that melts
0: on Top Chef is the cheese.
4: Ooh. <laughs> you know that
2: scene in Cabin Fever when like he takes the honey and he's like going uh-huh. back and forth. And uh, like that? Yeah. Do you do that when you're watching Chernobyl with your Ooh. tea and honey?
4: Oh yeah, absolutely.
2: Like oh, I it's do. like skin.
4: Uh-huh, I'm like, ooh, yeah. I
2: should remind myself that this is a true story that the oh, yeah, miniseries exactly. is based on, so it's not really <laughs> a great thing to accurate, joke on. But, yeah. you know, look, if we're able to joke about 9-11, 20 years later, Chernobyl was 40. So, you know, anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna just, this is just all over the place tonight. I am sorry. <laughs> anyway, so I, I wanted to ask this, though, because we have a podcast about Stephen King. Would a podcast about Don or, or Elroy work in any way, shape, or form, or would it just be
3: the dullest, fucking podcast i think don over elroy have read four elroy books this year and they're great but they're so (laughs) unforgiving maximalist film noir i mean it gets a little samey after a while they're excellent but it's just everyone is just as corrupt as they can be it's kind of going through a lot of the same themes whereas i've only read i guess i've only read one don DeLillo book. So randall probably knows better but i think he operates in a more of a variety of subject matter and even the lengths of his books and everything. Like, Libra's really short and brisk. Underworld, from what I understand, is very big. Well, in that's own, a longer
0: like- one. His books typically aren't really long.
3: Yeah, White Noise. Is- You've read White Noise. That's not that oh, long, I adore right? White Noise, yeah. yeah. Would you want to host a White Noise pod? I don't
0: think I'm smart enough. He's DeLillo is so fucking... Like, there's so many layers. There's so many deep intellectual digressions. So much poetry. I just would be overwhelmed by the entire project. Similarly, I mean, Elroy is like i don't know it would be like reading porn like all the time it's like that's the it's, thing it's so over- yeah I mean, it's so over i
3: haven't read american tabloid but i adore I mean,
0: it but it's like really over the top yeah, yeah
3: it's so like his problem with la Confidential, the movie which i love the i love the movie and the book but he thinks everyone is too good and moral in yeah film, exactly yeah, which is like weird because they're all kind of shitty in the movie but in the book they're all like racist murderer yeah inset- i mean which Oh, um, yeah, really that stuff's reflects, very accurate to the time period. Reflects that time period. Yeah.
4: yeah. I have L- read I was, LA Confidential. Yeah, uh-huh. LA Confidential
3: is great. But that's weird because you, you get through like half the book, you're like, wait, like, this is most of the movie. And, and the, the book doesn't tie everything up at all. You have to kind of go to the next book. I will say this. I read the American Library edition of the LA Quartet. And in the beginning, it cites influential authors for him, like books he was reading in his childhood and not just childhood adulthood. And he had a few Stephen Kings on there, so I think they're Tommy fans and... of each other. Yeah, yeah no, it was like, it was like Carrie and road Salem's and... Lot, things like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah but Elroy, El, Elroy uh, I haven't listened to any of it, but he has, I forget, with maybe Amazon, I can't remember, but some podcast studio, he has started doing these podcast adaptations of his work with these A-list celebrities, and it's him doing the film noir voiceover for the whole thing. And according to him, it's like the truest adaptation of any of his work. I, I'm sure it takes forever to get through. And he, he always speaks badly about L.A. Confidential, the movie, which I think is one of the best movies ever made. So. Yeah, it's Josto's favorite movie of all time. his favorite movie of all time. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I good. think,
2: is it he reading Elroy also right now? I feel like, the, what is it? Yeah. Like this Elroy and Garrett? Like,
3: yeah. Yeah. yeah I think he's read, I think he's read the L.A. Quartet and then American Tablet, Randall's American Tabloid part of like.
0: Yeah, it's part of a trilogy.
3: Like the Underground Trilogy or something yeah. like that. I think, I think Justin's read all of those as well. He, he's yeah. the Elroy Scholar. I think
2: the author that if I'm going to pivot to anything, it's going to be Elmore, not Elroy. i want to read
3: some Elmore Leonard. I need yeah, to do that. His stuff, his stuff yeah, is so, great. I've been reading. Yeah. I've read a few of his short stories. And, what if I'm going to start with the the one that the movie Touch with Skeet Ulrich is based on? Oh, <laughs> just like the mm. rant, Let's just installers. read Get Shorty, which is just like <laughs> yeah. the most obvious one to pick up. But I, when I was a kid, I read Get Shorty, Rum Punch, which Jackie Brown is yeah. based on, and Maximum Bob. Those are the three I've read. They were all great. I like yeah. them a lot. it's
2: fun it's it's just very lean and mean which i love like it's you know a lot of it reminds me of hemingway at at times but okay next tweet randall why don't you read this one because i feel like you might uh agree with this well stephen king
0: retweeted bev vincent who's former guest of the losers club there is a certain underappreciated art in closed captioning i saw one today that described interlude music as surreptitious strings i quite like that you're a caption guy, though, right? Yeah, I'm a big-time caption guy. Not yeah. because I like the poetry of it, but just because I, I'm like an idiot, and I just like to have the added <laughs> boost when I'm when I'm watching something. And my ears have always been kind of fucked, so I had a lot of ear ear infections when I was a kid, so that helps. But I don't know. The poetry's not always there, though. Uh, sometimes, I don't know, when they have AI do it, it'll be like filled with misspellings, and it'll be totally out of sync, which is very frustrating, <laughs> yeah. so... I remember that there was a meme going around, and I don't know if it was real or somebody made it, but it was uh, a screenshot of Breaking Bad where Jesse is driving go karts and he's like sad. And I think he's like back on drugs. And it says in brackets, sad go karting. <laughs> and I don't, it strikes me as something that could have happened.
2: Yeah. But I don't know. So, yeah. Sammy always has captions on now. And so I've just gotten used to it, although I hate it in comedy. Like it, yeah, I, just, I, I, I usually I don't turn it off for comedy. Uh, yeah. It's a joke? Yeah, it do, absolutely because it just you forecast everything. But I've found it that there is just some things that don't work with captions. Like so, lately we've been watching a lot of Gilmore Girls, and they talk so <laughs> fast that it's impossible to do captioning for it. It's like mm. everything's so late. So then it eventually just becomes these like. Floating blocks of words, the entire because they do the type of captioning where it's like it's not just in one place. It's like one close to the character and then another character because that's that's how fast it's going. And it's it's just I feel like I'm watching like coding, like I'm like the you know the guy Joe Pant, Joey Pants from The Matrix or something like that, like just, just
3: staring at the screen. But otherwise, I, I don't know. It's not bad. no what I've noticed doesn't work if it's a movie where large stretches of it say so it's in english most of it but then large stretches might be in japanese like mm-hmm. minari or something like that right yeah. or, or like or in another language it it almost like short circuits the subtitles because i guess movies that already have subtitles because of it being in a foreign yeah. language and I, so i don't do it with those either because it, it rarely works i feel
2: i like to imagine there's like a transcription little what are they gremlin that's in the t- the tvs and it's just like <laughs> <A ghoulie laughs> it's in the just tv like like. yeah ghoul yeah, yeah. Ghoulies or gremlins? What do you like better?
4: Oh, oh I mean gremlins. But okay, I that, figured.
2: I
3: figured that was an easy. I one. I probably like talking about ghoulies better, but I love g- gremlins. Is
2: still ghoulies is a it's more a fun word
4: to, word to say, though. Yeah,
3: yeah. We call boon. We always call Boone a little gremlin because he was a gremlin for Halloween or mogwai for Halloween. Aww. But um, the ghoulies kind of remind me of him too a little bit, and one of the oh. ghoulies looks a little bit like a baby. So, uh, but yeah, mm. I like like if I was calling Boone a little ghoulie, it doesn't have the same fun to it as yeah gremlins does. Are, is there is this going to be like a
2: Moses situation if if Boone grows up and like just absolutely doesn't give a shit about creature features?
3: You're just like, all right, I I, I mean, get, I need to be ready for him just <laughs> being into finance and football or something. I mean, he, who you know, I I would assume he's going to have some kind of appreciation. I mean, I got into this shit because my dad, yeah. he wasn't trying to force me. It was just what he was watching, and I gravitated toward it. So maybe yeah. he'll have a similar experience, or maybe he'll be like. God, my dad's such a fucking loser. He's that dumb podcast. They're all such dorks. Like, well, he's, just, he's just a bully. He beats, beats the, the shit, shit out of you. Like <laughs> he just beats he comes every day. Home
2: and just beats you up
3: Like, day. Like, I'm, like, oh, I'm no. like, son, could I use the den to watch uh goalies eight? Like, Get the fuck out there. Get hey. out
1: of here.
2: We're he's 10 to, years we're old. We're
3: Trying to do Xanax and Shoot tequila <laughs> yeah. for the big game. It's Euphoria right.
2: season seven's on. I got to watch it. Euphoria. <laughs> I mean, it, it'll probably be at Euphoria. But honestly, it'll probably be at season six by the time Boone's 12. So, Yeah, I see how that strike goes, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, mm, yeah. anyway, Jen, captions? Are you, you big oh, on Oh, yeah, them? absolutely. I love okay.
4: captions. But yeah. Corey and I always fight about them because he hates them. So yeah. he'll, like, whenever I'm out of the room, he'll turn them off. And then whenever he's out of the room, I turn them back on. So, oh. you know. It's I've like heard of the ridiculous. War of the Roses,
2: but the the yeah, War, of the, war of the captions.
4: I'm going to win that war, though. Yeah, theory, if you're yeah. listening.
2: Do you put the captions on for Chernobyl? So do you get like cool things? like Yeah, Skins I
4: do. So you get gurgling, and, and yeah. you get like like dog, um, the swishing, dog,
1: the dog whining,
4: yeah. dog, yeah. dog <laughs> whining, dog dog silence, sad, yeah, dead dogging. Um, it's like um, it's dog, it's sad, like dog yeah. whines
3: as bullet hits its flesh, like slips out of it.
4: Yeah, but it's in Russian. Yeah. No, but I did have a, a teacher when I was teaching, one of the fourth grade teachers said, I don't know if this is true or not, but she was like, it helps kids learn to read because if you're looking at the captions, mm-hmm. like your eyes automatically go there. So you're pairing the words with the the sound. So, yeah. you know, if you got kids, turn them on.
2: I, I'd say put on captions for the all time classics, like Citizen Kane and 2001, A Space Odyssey. Mm exorcist put them on put on the caption especially if they're first time watches like definitely like don't focus on the visuals just get into that script absorb um, that penetrating yeah yeah well speaking of creatures as we did before and and boone may or may not liking them take the next tweet
3: (laughs) all right giant ants giant spider get off twitter and get on tcm cool double see these are the king tweets i love yeah this is what i want to see Cool double feature starting on TCM now. Them and Tarantula. Look for Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood was, had walk-on roles in a lot of horror movies back in the day. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Revenge of the Creature, Creature Walks Among Us. That's his first role as a lab assistant. It's that's, Revenge. And that's separate from like the movies where he's driving around in a truck with a monkey, right? Yeah, that's Every Which Way But Loose and Every okay. Which Way You Can. Um, or Any Which Way You Can. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have not seen Tarantula or Them. Although oh, really? Mel, yeah, I need to. I, I know they're classics. Mel watched this. New spider horror movie. That sounds awesome. That I'm going to watch Infested. next year. Yeah, mm. it's like a French speaking of subtitles uh, French spider movie. Yeah, she said it was great. Oh. Spiders don't really scare me though. I, I like spiders a lot. But
0: she I, caught it at a festival screening, so I don't think it's out out yet.
1: Mm. But.
4: Infested. There's a yeah. French film called Them, but it's not about spiders. Eels, I think, which Ooh, is oh. about like eels are rotten kids.
1: Yeah, I've seen. Not that eels. Movie.
4: No, like ILS, like the 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 French of them. You know. Oh. oh, oh,
3: oh. I thought okay. you meant the band, like, with e Eels?
4: Oh, yeah. Well, that that's the... uh dude's is a closing credits wrap, you yeah.
3: know. I mean, I do... There are certain spiders I found scary, like...
4: Like, all of them. Fucking spiders are the I, worst.
3: Spy, I like spiders a lot. I usually yeah. try and save them if I can. You really um, do, Ooh. Dan, because one of the I first times really, I yeah, ever no met you, you,
2: you... we I walked by your room with Bill, Bill Hanson. I oh, had a lot of, the pod, of spiders in that house, yeah. And you had this giant-ass fucking... Like camel spider-esque thing, like on your wall, and you're just yeah. sleeping under it. And like Bill was just like, Oh, yeah, he's been sleeping under that all week. I'm like, What? what the like, yeah, you fucking nuts. It, it's so weird. Dan, did rare that you just swerve you.
4: out of the road and kill a motorcyclist because you were trying to avoid the tarantula? Did you hear about this? Oh, probably. Story? Oh, if I saw
3: a tarantula in the middle of the road, I would totally swerve and stop and try and get it. I mean, I find like Return of the King Shelob freaks me out. And <laughs> is it uh, House by the Cemetery where the or oh, is it yeah, the beyond where the spider yeah. like, eats the person's eyes? No. that's the beyond you know, that freaks me out but that's an isolated incident the uh, just seeing a spider the act of seeing a spider doesn't bother me at all i like spider.: so f- fictional giant spider from
2: mordor <laughs> yeah over let's say you open your closet me. so will a brown recluse if you find one in the house oh, yeah, yeah. a yeah, that's so rare though yeah it is not down rare. in
4: tennessee we you get them all the them. time yeah Do you ever get, you ever get
2: bitten them. by a brown recluse i have
4: not knock on wood no but i have friends who have
0: Friend of mine mm. in Michigan got bit by a brown recluse. Really, but yeah, recluse, they'll fuck but he, you up. He also lived in filth, so that was probably. probably
4: oh yeah, <laughs> maybe <laughs> well, that's why I haven't because I don't live in filth, you know.
2: So it's a filthy brown recluse just sitting a there. Filthy just, brown. Maybe he bit him <laughs> because <laughs> he was like, brown. clean your fucking house.
0: Up. <laughs> 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 you need, you need a wake up call, son. <laughs> <Here you
3: go. laughs> it says here, it says here, their bites sometimes require medical attention. So I don't think it's like you get it's bit by a little overblown, de- right? Brown Death
4: recluse. Yeah, I have people who've like been hospitalized because of because they'll like eat your flesh.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Maybe the
4: Tennessee Brown recluses are just like meaner and more powerful.
2: I remember shortly after (laughs) Spider-Man came out and probably after the 7th or 8th time I've seen it in theaters because my brother and I clocked, I think, 13 times seeing it. But like we were so obsessed and I remember driving my car and I saw a spider uh, like crawl on my hand. while I had it just kind of resting on the on the window. And I remember thinking like, you know what? I'm not going to do anything about this because who knows? Maybe I'll, uh, oh. <laughs> I'll get some powers. And so it, it bit me. And then, of course, it didn't get any powers, but I had this incredibly annoying fucking rash bite thing for like a week. And everyone was like, what the hell's wrong with your hand? I had to explain <laughs> that I wanted to become Spider-Man and it didn't happen.
4: And you shot... Gossamer strings at him,
2: yeah. I wish. I wish face. instead I just listened to the soundtrack and was like, This Sum 41 song is not bad. What about a dashboard? Wait, no, that was the second one. That was the, that's second, the second one. The second which one, is, one,
4: which is the better soundtrack,
3: yeah. Which is here, Hero? It's uh, it's not, it's that's it's the first a Nickelback one. Nickelback featuring Josie Scott or just Chad it's, Kroger? F- I think it's featuring. Chad
2: Kroger featuring Josie Scott. Uh,
3: just, I've read so much about Saliva, like they're a very fascinating band <laughs> to me. Fascinating, but my parents like Saliva, they saw them at a festival. One of them just died i think right like the rip yeah the guitarist or something uh,
2: like that yeah it's a shame i've been on a total clint eastwood kick also lately So i've been obsessed with the some of his stuff in line of fire dug that one i watched uh was it um unforgiven that's great perfect world
3: watch perfect world
2: i like perfect world that's a good one i think i'm gonna try to go back to some of his older ones because last year earlier this year I, I watched play misty for me and i fucking loved it like that is
3: what did I... That, that's kind of like Fatal Attraction, right?
2: Yeah. A it's one of the yeah. first like sexual thrillers in a way. And it's got Gammy from...
4: From Versa Development. From Jessica Rest Walters Development. is yeah, in Jessica it. Walters, think, yeah,
3: Jessica Walters, yeah. And Clint Eastwood's personal life is a bit of a sexual thriller throughout his whole
2: uh-huh. Illegitimate
3: children. Lots of... You know, of, he's got man, a lot of kids. Yeah. He's got a lot
2: of movies under his belt, too. So, hey, my, I tip my hat to you, uh, Roland Deschene, or the OG Roland Deschene, Clint Eastwood. Wow, he really does retweet S.A. Cosby a lot. Who is S.A. Cosby? It's It's got to be a writer. Got to be a writer, right? Yeah. Jen, take the next one.
4: Okay, so he retweeted S.A. Cosby, who posted the uh, movie poster of Drugstore Cowboy, one of the great American noir films that I don't think people talk about enough. And then King retweeted, yeah, that's a great one. I think William Burroughs is in it, talking about how throwing your hat on the bed is bad luck. I try never to do it.
2: I love this movie. Uh, has anyone ever seen it? Drugstore I've Cowboy. Never seen it. It's I like a Sand, the, or... Yeah, it's one of the few Van Sants I haven't seen. Oh, man, it's really strong. It was. I think I watched it probably right after like Good Will Hunting. So I was like, oh, I got to check out this guy.
3: And Matt Dillon's fucking fantastic in it.
4: He's always fantastic. Really good. good is it
0: about
3: too. a? Is is he like a drug addict or what, yeah. What's, uh... yeah. yeah, it's a movie mm. about drugs. Yeah, mm. it's, it's it's not it's not necessarily fun.
0: Thus the mm. uh, William Burroughs cameo.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Burroughs is also in um in a movie called Twister, not the Bill Paxton one, oh. but a movie from probably about four or five years before that. It's got it's Crispin about the Glover. Board game? No, it's Ooh. like a really it's a, like a really weird family dramedy that is very, very strange and kind of under the radar. And William S. Burroughs is in it and he is in like one scene and he fucking kills it. It's it's such a strange movie. What if he was
3: know. in Twister with Bill Paxton? I wish. <laughs> Like instead of that, going yeah. to that old lady from Steppenwolf's house, they go to Sparrow's <laughs> house. He gives He's them like, like, like he gives them like ketamine or something. psychedelic mushroom. said I made some mushroom pancake. I don't know what he sounds like. like, like Phil here. Seymour <laughs> often's like food,
1: food. And the guy's like, well, I don't drugs. know, mu- I don't know much <laughs> yeah. about
3: that, but I do got these drugs here. Um,
2: and then <laughs> they
4: die in the tornado because they're all too stoned to, yeah. to just chase like, uh, it.
3: The extreme but but (laughs) i'll show you extreme here
2: the figure
4: of god but the events still
2: happen where like the grandmother's house you know gets destroyed by the tornado but they go back and it's william burroughs underneath like all the the you know the stuff (laughs) and it's just like my house
3: is gone (laughs) do you guys think (laughs) twister has i don't mean the actors because it has great actors in it maybe one of the most annoying ensemble casts of characters would you say I, I i hate those storm chasers like i i I'm. A, I'm never. It's quite a fan
4: ragtag of, crew, you know. Yeah. I
3: hate the whole rag. Not even just. They're with a ragtag chasing. crew that's that that is
0: trying desperately to convey that they are ragtag. Yes. Uh-huh. Exactly.
3: Yes. And I kind of. I, it's a big pet peeve of mine when I meet people in real life who are part of a very niche community, like rock climbing or something. Yeah. And everything they do is all about the jokes they make and uh-huh. they teaching uh-huh. you the lesson. But they take it seriously, but not seriously. So it, it's the like, kind of bugs me. And It's like, yeah, I get it. You're 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 cool. You do something no one else does. Like uh, Fliger and I went to a rock gym once, and there's a guy there like that, and he just he, he would it, like he unprompted came up to us and he's like, no, get the grip like this, call it the claw, like, like kind of, <laughs> shut the fuck get out of here. like you're like you're at a rock gym. Come on, like
2: say you're, like you're sweat afraid on of the claw. Uh,
4: yeah, uh, as Carrie always. Carrie awesome.
2: always connection. Yeah, liar, yeah. liar. Fun movie, family fun. <laughs> I okay. So I've never heard of this. Throwing your hat on the bed is bad luck, though. I do that yeah, all the time. Really? That's from the movie. I don't. I guess it is. I, I need to watch it again. It's been probably twenty years since I've seen this movie. But I throw my hat on the, on the bed all the time. If I go back from a run, too. a long night, I'm I'm throwing the hat on the bed. Where else are you going to put it? On the ground, it's going to get dusty. So I, I don't I put
4: mine <laughs> on a coat rack. You know? Is it a cowboy know. hat in the movie? It's
2: like a, it's probably a, cowboy, a cowboy hat. It's the I think time I work.
4: have heard that that it is bad luck. Hold on.
2: Who do you think is be- the better cowboy? Clint Eastwood or uh, Matt Dillon
3: is the drugstore cowboy?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say Matt Dillon is a drugstore cowboy. Yeah, yeah. He's he's out on a limb.
3: Clint, yeah. I've never seen Matt Dillon play a cowboy yeah. ever. What's I'm trying to think of the closest I've seen him play to a cowboy and what if what if Matt Dylan Dillon was playing like Gene Hackman's role in
2: Unforgiven, you know? Like he's that's a different um, movie. You no, know, I'm uh, building a house, and he'd be like probably
3: what 24. When the you movie know. came out. It's just because Gene Hackman's also in The Quick and the Dead, right? Mm-hmm. Also a good yeah. western. We, uh,
2: weird. I never thought about that. Yeah, that's yeah so kind strange. of similar
3: role too. Yeah, They're That's like a really And Gary Sinise is in Quick and the Dead, also. Oh, is similar. he really? I love Gary oh, yeah. Sinise. And Lance oh. Anderson, yeah, great movie. Uh, okay, hold on. on, I've got an update. Okay.
4: Okay. Although the exact origins of this superstition are lost to history. Oh, shit. Hold on. I got to pop up. It's believed. Oh, they're trying to keep me from knowing. It's believed to have started because people thought that evil spirits live in the hair. Most likely, these evil spirits were actually static buildup. Yeah. (laughs) As people went indoors, (laughs) removed their hats, the static electricity in their hair popped and crackled, a reaction attributed to the spirits that lurked among their locks and in their hats. By laying a hat on the bed, those same evil spirits would transfer onto the very place they Lay their heads at night. That's
2: Interesting. That it's is kind
3: of a sound superstition. Like if you don't know what's causing it, like you yeah. of course would be freaked out by that.
4: Or it also just, says lice. You know, if you say, got lice, lice yeah. you gonna get in your bed too. <laughs> yeah, would,
3: that's a big one. Did anyone get <laughs> lice? The here?
4: Spirits. I got it no, once my, when
0: I was in middle when I was in elementary school, and I'm still like embarrassed to say
3: that because it was like having leprosy or
0: something.
4: Oh yeah, we don't say that word around around here because it's, it's devastating
3: me. Uh, I never had it. My sister got it several times. She got one day on Christmas. I felt oh. so bad for her. Oh, my oh God. God. No. awful. Yeah. Oh. Did, did to, like, they have to shave the head or? Did yeah, you? Um, I I don't know if they shave shaved it. They cut it really short. I remember we were on our way to see family, and we'd like go to uh, several different drugstores to get the shampoo and cut her hair oh, and everything. It may uh, end up being fine, but yeah, I felt bad for, her. um, yeah, I've never gotten it though. Yeah. Yeah.
2: My oh, mom was oh. a
4: teacher
3: and so she'd always, she'd
2: always, Bring it home. she brought it home once. So she said she did. And then she just got paranoid over it. So we would, one time she's like, I think we have it. And so it's like, Oh, you think that means we have to fucking oh. clean everything in the house. That's, and mm-hmm. that's the
3: worst. Like when my sister had it, I was at the bus stop, I remember being so paranoid that I had it. I always think of the South Park lycapedia yes, episode where it's that's like, a great it's, one. It's like apocalypse, yeah. with lice <laughs> on, on the head. Oh my god, It's such a funny episode.
2: Well, South Park occasion. Well, no, it doesn't. I was going to say occasionally streams on Hulu, but I think
3: you're going to say they occasionally feature
2: aliens, which they, they do. do. So they, then, they certainly which ties do. Ties to the
3: next tweet. It right? does tie. I Why don't you read the next tweet, right. Gaffrey? Since you got that was a good sag. No one will save you. Brilliant, daring, involving scary. You have to go back over 60 years to a Twilight Zone episode called The Invaders to find something remotely like it. Truly unique. Thoughts on this one? We, I know Randall's thoughts because we talked about it in Halloween Hell. Jen, did you see it?
4: I didn't, and I've heard not really? great things about it, yeah. Oh, no. Really? I
3: liked it a lot.
2: I liked Is it a good? Lot, yeah. Okay, well,
4: I'll check it out.
2: I, I like the idea of a lot of it. I think it gets at times a little too precious with stuff. Yeah. But, I, but I do love the, the sequencing, and that movie is fucking awesome.
3: Yeah, I, what we talked about was really digging a lot of the creature effects and the yeah. overall conceit. The kind of silence thing and the twist, the human drama of it does fit, get a little bit heavy-handed toward the end, but I, I overall still enjoyed it. I
0: like the third act a lot, like when it, when all yeah. the UFOs and aliens, like all mm-hmm. that shit cranked up, then yeah. yeah, then I was in. But but yeah, I kind of like had trouble getting into it, but then it ended really strong for me.
4: I heard there were sound issues. Did y'all have sound issues? I don't maybe think it was so. just somebody.
3: I mean, there's sound issues them. in that certain character. Um, we maybe uh, don't yeah. hear a lot of her lines. Uh, uh, wink, wink. Uh, maybe mm, that's on
4: purpose. No spoilers. Though.
0: Uh, it's probably just people being like, "Why isn't she talking?" Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I. It's funny. I watched Fire in the Sky last year, oh, which oh, I found terrifying. pretty boring. The but mm. That alien sequence was oh, so great. good. Yeah. It was like the brain. best. Brain. It was like the best alien sequence I've ever seen in a mediocre human drama you no know, it's do you guys watch how to with john wilson at all yeah. like, did you watch it, when no. it was on the real fire in the sky guy was in the final season but yeah. he, he pretty much gets exposed as like a total con artist oh really john. oh yeah because he's he's sharing all this stuff and then john wilson sells the camera on and you see john wilson like paying him he like, charges like a thousand dollars for an interview i mean it's oh like, man it's funny i mean it's pretty much been proven that he he made all that up anyway but yeah Maybe he just needs money for, like, a proctologist or something like that, you know? Could be. You
4: get that needle <laughs> yeah, out of his you know, eye. You never
3: know. Yeah, but that meant Fire in the Sky final sequence. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to mm-hmm. Fire, Fire in, in the, the Sky, Sky is, podcast, but oh, so good. I, I I do
2: remember it being somewhat boring, but I remember just being so just enamored in all the lore of it all. Like, just the the realistic portrayal of, like, being abducted was terrifying. Like, the, that, mm-hmm. that enough. Sometimes, I mean, as a kid, I think sometimes the sequences are enough. Right. Like oh, you just, I agree. I mean, you have I have just one sequence. Boom. That's it.
3: I will remember nothing else from that movie. And that's yeah. okay. Like it's, uh, I can't think of another alien movie that has a sequence like that and it's toward the end. So it's always good to end on your strongest sequence. And I heard about that going into it and I was like, ah, it's not going to be that good. This movie is kind of boring, but I'm like, no, it, it most certainly lived up to the hype. Doesn't it have a uh, filters brother, Robert Patrick in it.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yep. Yeah, brother. and
4: it's got D.B. Sweeney from the it's
2: got Henry Thomas,
1: yeah.
3: yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. Filters' brother. Filters' brother. I, I, don't, <laughs> I can't remember. Is it Richard Patrick? That's uh, in Matthew Patrick, I think. Or no, maybe it's Richard. Maybe you're right. It's Patrick Patrick. It, Patrick Patrick?
4: <laughs> it's got Peter Berg in it, too. I like him. Oh,
3: I like Peter Berg. He, the director. Uh, the
4: director.
3: Fel- <laughs> the real <laughs> fellas movie. I remember I was reading Robert Patrick wrote some movie recently and his brother did the music for it. And I was like, Oh, that's sweet.
4: Was it what Josiah saw? Cause that was something that I think something like on. that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I was, I usually have to do some like backlog stuff at BD and <laughs> the story came up. I was like, Robert Patrick would revisit the T-1000 role. And it was like in from like 2015 or 2016. It was just like, yeah, I'm sure you would. You know, like, why would you <laughs> like, like, first off, just the idea of them being like, all right, you know, pa- Robert, we're going to get you back and we're bringing back the T-1000 in this absolutely failed franchise that consistently mm. fails over and over again.
4: Even when it brings back Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, and London Hamilton. Just, oh, yeah, oh, I can't, it, can't it, even pull that off. Especially
2: when it brings back Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, man, <laughs> like,
4: that broke my heart. <laughs> Genesis is
3: one of the worst movies of all time. Oh, I still, It's the one I haven't seen of the series. Never watch it. I haven't it's
4: seen a, Genesis. Dark Fate is the one that...
3: I thought Dark really Fate me. was not that bad. I, I thought I, it was I agree. pretty
2: good. I got yeah.
4: feelings about it.
3: I, you know, anyway,
2: they try to do the Halloween 2018 thing with that, where it's just like, uh
4: huh. You know,
2: Oh, here comes Sarah yes. Connor with the missile launcher. It's like she became the action figures of the 90s. It's,
4: it was the beginning that I, like, I watched the first 10 minutes and then went downstairs and sat in my closet, closet and cried. Like I was so upset. It was a bummer.
2: I mean, James Cameron came back and, you know, sad. Jimmy, you're too focused on the Avatar world at this point. <laughs> anyway, so we have a couple more tweets, but they're actually more like stories to report, which means Psy King, thank you. For providing us a seg into our next section ladies and gents we finally arrived to hollywood king
1: there's a town on the coast of del sol always find my way there there's a place that that calls to my soul always find my way there people there are forever young forever young And they toast to
3: each other's love each and every night.
2: All right, we've got a lot to discuss here. So let's just start with the headlines that include some needful tweets. So first up, on October 20th, horror writer Brian Kane turned heads with this announcement.
4: Pleased to finally be able to announce The End of the World as We Know It, Tales of Stephen King's The Stand, edited by myself and Christopher Golden, an original short story anthology based on the highly influential and seminal work of apocalyptic fiction in Good vs. Evil, featuring an introduction from Stephen King himself and new fiction from a world ravaged by the virus Captain Trips and the minds of Josh Mallerman, Paul Tremblay, God, is this all one sentence? Yeah. Paul Tremblay, Richard Chismar, S.A. Cosby, Tananarive Dew, Alma Katsu, Sue, Caroline Kepnes, Michael Corita, Scott Ian, Joe R. Lansdale, Maurice Broadus, and Wayne Brady, Brian Smith, Somer Cannon, Haley Piper, Jonathan Jans, and many others. Thanks to Stephen King for entrusting these two constant readers with this task.
2: So then Ooh. that led to... Good job. Seriously, that was, a, that was a lot of names. I forgot, <laughs> yeah, probably, that was a lot of names. Probably didn't need to read all... I'm, I apologize yeah. for including all that. So then our, pa- our pal, and as Rantel mentioned earlier, been on the podcast, Bev Vincent, King Historian. Bev retweeted and said, My wife and I took a working vacation at the beach last month night surf anyone and while there i read i reread the stand and made a day by day timeline of the book why for this project just announced that i'm thrilled to be a part of so then king retweeted this and he added you can always tell when an artist writer singer songwriter is running on fumes because the tribute albums start to show up that said i'm delighted with this project and can't wait to see how people handle the end of the world as we know it I don't. All right. So I know we like to play armchair psychiatrist. That first line from King seems pretty telling on his thoughts of this project,
3: in my opinion. Like, it's just kind of like a, you know,
2: calling it a
4: tribute album. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
3: I, right. Well, all right. And if we're going to make the tribute album comparison, look at any good tribute album. There's always a few good songs on it, right? Mm-hmm. And then the rest, it's like you can kind of take your leave. Yeah. And I say mm-hmm. this as someone who Emerald Theater Company did a few. Short play festivals where each play was inspired by a different song from an album. Randall wrote a really good piece for it. So Justin, so I I am all about interpreting others' art and kind of reframing it. That being said, I don't know. I'm hesitant because the stand is so iconic, mm-hmm. and I do like the idea of of further exploring a play-gravaged world. Some of my favorite chapters in the stand are the ones where you just see these random people who mm-hmm. did survive and they die Same. as they're trying to yeah. you know, get through it. However, that, those are written by Stephen King for one. And also, <laughs> yeah. if the book is like that, where it's truly just news stories that happen to be in the world of Captain Trips, I'm all for it. What I'm kind of worried about is like, oh, we see another group of survivors who runs into a guy yeah. coming out of the Lincoln Tunnel. You know, I don't want it to be all Easter eggy and using King's characters. Like, I want to use King's world, but not his characters. That being said, I mean, there are a few people like Richard Chismar who have kind of collaborated with him before. and. I do like that he has a generosity of spirit when it comes to his IP. He doesn't seem especially precious about it, which I appreciate. So, I don't know. I'll, I'll check it out, but I don't know. I, th- I think, like many of these types of projects, it will probably be a mixed bag, but I don't know. Maybe I'm being a grouch about it.
2: What do you What do you think, Randall? I know this is one of your favorite books by him, too. So
0: Yeah, I just... I think we've, we've lost the plot in terms of how to pay homage mm-hmm. these days. I think collectively, the artist's brain when it comes to IP is almost fundamentally broken. Mm -hmm. And I... This might be not the best comparison, but it's just what comes to mind. I think a lot about King's cameos in movies Mm in the 80s and 90s where he would show up just as a little added flavor. Like, it wasn't you know, like in uh, The Stand when he played Teddy, I think he's I think he's pretty terrible in that movie, but but it's fine. But he doesn't have any lines where he says, wow, I never could have written something like this, you know? Yeah. And or like in Pet <laughs> Cemetery, you know, he plays the it's probably his best cameo just because it's so simple. Oh, man. And. But then I think around Rose Red when he cameos in that and it's a pizza really, delivery guy, right? Yeah, it's really winky and it's really corny. And then like
3: you, you like think, him as Jordy Verrill because I, I think it's great. I it's love Jordy him Verrill. as Jordy Verrill. I, I love him too. as Jordy, I like Jordy I Verrill. I mean, yeah.
0: he's he's a horrible actor. He he would not disagree with me on this. Like i we all understand yeah. this. It's and like
4: Camp is the shtick. Yeah, the camp is the shtick.
0: Yeah, for, yeah. for. He's perfect for Jordy. I love it because it's it's not self referential. It's just it. You know, he's just good casting for it. To be honest. But then, you know, you think about It Chapter Two, and they couldn't have him in it without there being jokes about how, like, he can't, how yeah. mm-hmm. his books can't end. We've, we've lost this ability to sort of divorce the fandom mm-hmm. and the wink and the self-referential quality from pieces that pay homage. There's this, like, pathetic reverence that exists, I think, now in terms of IP. I think about the the new Exorcist movie literally having like Reagan <laughs> or like the new, the little kids like have lines that reference like, may the power of Christ compel you and shit. Like, God, like are you kidding me? I still yeah. That, that I know. mean, that's what I, that's what Justin told me and he saw it. It's like, Wait,
3: it's, Justin's just lying. The movie's awesome. He's just like, just, <laughs> well, I've seen
0: this kind of stuff on social media too. Yeah. It's like, it, it, it's so pathetic to me and it is so pandering and anti-intellectual and I sound like an asshole, but I don't really care. Do you, but do you like, think
3: this will be that though? You
0: no, know, I don't know. I, I kinda do because it's like <laughs> it's kinda like King and all of his buddies. And I think King is an elder statesman now and you know, he's very involved. He talks about when people write stuff about him, he talks about it. When they make movies, he talks about it. He's not like Thomas Pinchon or, or someone who, you know, people can pay homage to him until, you know, like until they're out of breath and he won't say a fucking word about it. And uh which I think gives people more freedom to engage with the art in ways that might be subversive or daring. I think with when you're taking something that King wrote and he's to some degree interested and involved in the project, you're not really going to take big chances. You're not going to do something subversive or interesting so i've you know it's nothing done any of the writers on this. I've liked works by several of the writers on this list. I just don't this isn't a project I would want or think is going to have anything that is
2: even going to touch how good the stand is. Well, we're, we'll definitely have you hosting the episode when we cover it.
1: Sorry.
2: I don't disagree. I've been thinking about the cameo thing. That's a great, that's a great analogy because it, it used to just be that he could be the character,
3: right? Like he didn't mm-hmm. have to be. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. That's a, that's a great comment. But now it's, it's Stephen King as the character. Yeah, that like extends
0: it. to everything, though. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. this is just how we do IP
3: now. And yeah. so, mm-hmm. I yeah, anyways, I, you, I said my piece. I, I'm just laughing at the idea of the stand like Teddy driving Nadine and he sees all the traffic going to Boulder and he's and he says, You're lying though. Oh, even I can have written something like this and she's like, Wait and she just goes, Wait, you're a truck driver. He's like, Yeah, but I write um, horror novels in my stuff. All right, horror novels in the past. Nobody in will publish them. though.
1: Gold.
3: Yeah, no one. No, no one will publish them. They're always going for that Dean Koontz guy. Or they. <laughs> I God. wonder if he survived the plague. Or he'd, he'd
2: be like, or something even more. Like, it'd just be like, uh, you know, I've been known to spin a ghost story around a campfire <laughs> in my days, or <laughs> it's
1: just, just like. Do
2: so you ever think about putting it in a paper?
3: Maybe I mean, you know, like
2: maybe. There
1: a, a bit thought of about the, it. Um,
3: <laughs> Just the snaking it's own tail with IP in general. And I, Mike, I know you've brought this up before, but I rewatched the David Gordon Green Halloween trilogy and yeah. I always forget. And Kills, because there are in, you know, even though Kills disregards every movie except for the first one, Halloween 2018, there's no real footage of Brackett and his dead daughter, Annie. And so they mm-hmm. actually use flashback footage from the movie they disregarded. And I don't even think they realized they were doing that. Mm-hmm. and then And it is this kind of like, everything just always exists at all times now, even though things are selective in what they pay attention to. I know that's a little bit different, but I, th- I do think it's just all this, like, convoluted spiderweb at this point. The thing mm-hmm. I love
2: about the fact that they've opened Pandora's box on this is that I think it's eaten itself, because I do think that with... And then look, I know I got shit on, on Twitter the, this past week for just make, using the Halloweenies account to, to keep making fun of Marvel, but the... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just hate hey, I'm I'll just like I'll see these dumb prompts when I'm like put, uh, plugging episodes, and it'll be like oh, can you rank these four Marvel movies the last five years or whatever? And then I just retweeted it with like Bankman saying, like, is this a trick question or whatever? And like, <laughs> I just, and then someone the other day was just like, yeah, we get it. You don't like the Marvel movies. And then it was just retweeted back. I was just like, uh, the Seinfeld gif is like, I don't think you do or whatever. Because it's like, <laughs> I just hate these fucking movies with a passion. But the thing I love <laughs> now is that-
3: Wait, is this an actual thing like these four random ass movies for the past five oh, years? Oh, it's just, like, it's so them?
2: dumb. The dumbest prompts I always see, but I, I just, mm. I always think it's good. It's good content to kind of put some fun jokes in there and also get engagement so guess what you, you <laughs> lost because you clearly engaged in it but anyway so the thing that i've been loving though is that like that exact reason what you just said is that everything exists all at once right like you know that they there is no stakes anymore and i think that's what is certainly not to mention just the overload of content but i think that Right there has, has made a lot of these superhero movies just baseless at this point. Like, it just absolutely stakes list. Like, no one gives a shit because anything can, anything goes. And I, mm-hmm. and so, you know, one of the things I bemoaned when they started doing the multiverse shit was just like, oh, someone's going to get reckless with it. Cause everyone was like, oh, the Go Back Home or the Spider Man Go Back or whatever it was called. They, the one with Tobey Maguire and Spider Man Go Back Home. I, I can't remember what it's <laughs> I can't, what, what is it called? It's the, uh, no Way Home. So, yeah, that, when that one came out, everyone's like, oh, no, it's, it's a really good movie. And I, I was did like, like that one. That was good." But yeah. yeah, that
0: it, one, uh, I think they did it well, but everything since then. Never, yeah, and that, it's just
2: and that's the thing. It's like, I enjoyed that movie, and I was like, I know where this is going to lead, though. And this is where it's led,
3: where it's like, you've, now, you've gone too far, as we always mm-hmm. say. You went really, too far. Do you guys... Because King's kind of one of the OG multiverse yeah. writers in many ways, yeah. and I love it the way he does it. But do you think this will... I guess that's what I'm worried about. Like, once again, if it's just stories from the plague, from unknown characters, because here's the thing too, I've always wondered, oh yeah, like what did Captain Trust do to Europe, Africa, this or that? If it's just like random people, yeah, great. And then, and then it also feels like it's kind of less of a sullying if it's not good, right? But what I worry about a little bit is because there are these dark tower connections and there's multiverse shit and whatever else. And who knows? Maybe, maybe I'm, not well, that's what the I'm getting at. Is like yeah. I
0: feel like it's almost the fandom aspect is almost irresistible, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and who knows? Maybe they're and they're gonna want some like a Larry story or like a kid story rolling like, to
3: show up. <laughs> they're gonna hey! want that. I think I exactly, think
0: the publishers yeah. are gonna want that kind of stuff because that's how you market it. It's like, mm-hmm. and it just sucks. But I mean, of course, I'm, we're all we don't know what these stories are gonna click. So I would happily eat my hat and be like. Wow, they actually just told a bunch of standalone stories about like uh plague survivors in different
3: countries or different places. That could be cool. Eat your hat. Mm-hmm. Just don't throw it on the bed. Don't throw it on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't Jen, what about, what about you? Because I, yeah. I feel like we've been I it, do.
4: It, yeah. The stand is my not just my favorite Stephen King book, it's my favorite book. And I, the only thing that gives me pause about this is just the caliber of some of these writers. Like, I feel like this is going to be – it might feel like Stephen King fanfic, but I feel like it'll feel like maybe really high-quality fanfic. But I'm just – I don't know. I'm never really interested in anybody writing in the style or the world of another writer. Like, I I just want to read your own stories because I feel like there is always some kind of element of, like, cosplay involved, you know, and I don't know if I want – Like stories that are going to stand out. What I think I would be interested in is like a book of nonfiction essays about people's like responses to the stand, like somebody's essay about Starkey and like why they really like that character or maybe the, the addition of like Franny and her mother having an argument because there are these like pockets of the novel that I really love that I feel like get overshadowed by some of the other bigger things or that have never been included like in any of the cinematic stuff. Like I would love somebody to write an essay on the kid, you know, Mm -hmm. I would be really interested in that. I I mean, I'm going to, Read this, I'm sure, yeah, or at least through. St- skim through it, because there are some really talented writers here. But no, I, I don't. I don't know. It's never going to be as good as the stand. You know, Scott Ian is that Scott Ian from yeah. Anthrax? Because yeah.
3: Anthrax has some songs that reference the stand. And yeah. is Wayne Wayne Brady <laughs> Wayne Brady I'm like afraid, Wayne Brady
4: going to choke a bitch?
3: He's gonna. <laughs> I love. I mean, hey, I saw Wayne Brady do some improv up here. It's great. I, I mean. <laughs> I, honestly, I'd weirdly be more interested in his story than like
2: some of the other authors. Well, maybe he'll write about what Wayne, Wayne Brady was doing during the stand.
4: Yeah. Hey, <laughs> like, I would read that. Well, and it's also I would, weird that's because, like, I would read, yeah. we've just lived through a pandemic and there were all of these parallels. And so, you know, that that's what half of these stories are actually uh-huh. going to be about. And, like, if I'm going to read a book about a bunch of authors that are really talented, also surviving a pandemic or stories that came out of that, I'd rather them just write it on their own terms you and know? also
2: if i want to read a book about the pandemic i'm just gonna pick up holly
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, right.
2: <laughs>
4: I hey i like I'll,
3: I'll, i'm well, looking good. up horror novelist named wayne brady and there's i don't think anything i think it might be it <laughs>
4: it's might be the, the wayne, wayne brady, brady hey that's a that's a get you know
3: i would i once again i
0: would
2: be more interested a, in a that, real I
4: wild think, card than, you know
0: <laughs> i was just gonna say i hope he talks about improv post
2: play. Yeah. <laughs> or like it just becomes an essay about like being a comic. We're like,
4: this yeah. isn't really, this really doesn't have I, much
3: to do with the stand.
2: Getting uh, canceled this, by
4: man. the virus.
3: I saw him do that Freestyle Love Supreme thing. It's like an improv show that Lynn Manuel Miranda started a while back um, with some other dudes. And Wayne Brady was the guest the night I saw it. And his suggestion was, I think, Wolverine or something to do with X Men. And he had this insanely deep knowledge of the X Men comics and did oh. this whole like, song hmm. about it and it, w- it was pretty awesome and very funny and so if he's yeah, a
0: fan yeah. we should get him on the pod I'd talk to
4: yeah. him right yeah yeah that'd that'd be me great. too I, d- I do I'd like X Men too
3: I'd probably
2: be like so do you know anything about the Chappelle show season three like just oh tell God. me yeah, tell me so all good. the <laughs> stuff that happened are that's the such a good are those reports true I, I did want to mention though because Scotty follows us on Instagram and he just messaged because I asked him oh. and I, I said you know Jen is a huge fan of this stand and he confirmed his story is all about the meeting notes. So, <gasps> the, the, yes! the chapters we didn't get about <laughs> the Extended meeting notes. Meeting he's going to do. He, yes. Yeah, he's he's like I've been listening to the pod, and I got to say, I wanted to, this is for Jen, and it's going to say for Jen Aww. in the in the, the episode. So,
4: well, I'm thumbing straight to that chapter. When yeah, I get my copy.
2: Yeah. Well, in terms of projects that I know that we're highly anticipating, I mean, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm just I'm thinking of two things. One how long am I going to be with my dad going forward? And then two, I think, (laughs) when am I going to get Gary Doberman's Salem's Lot? So this story means a lot to me because this is definitely a a movie that I I, I just can't wait for. So the uh, the beginning of November, there were some reports that began circulating around the time that I think Max was doing some sort of, or Warner Brothers was doing some sort of uh, uh, like quarterly review or something like that. But the reports came forward that they're mulling the idea that Salem's Lot is going to go straight to streaming, sometime in 2024, which is, I guess, surprising. Not maybe. I. I mean, for me, it was. I think we've we've played the long game of like. Is just is Zaslav just going to shelve it and get the tax credit that he did with Batgirl, and and you know maybe walk away from it. But the fact that it's going to streaming, hey, that's that's interesting. It's coming out, which means we'll have an episode. But in addition to this this is what actually really surprised me. Stephen King, the guy that we did this podcast for, <laughs> he <laughs> tweeted in support of the movie. He, he, uh, he tweeted... What
0: are you talking about? Why is that surprising? He does that for every movie.
2: I didn't think that he was going to come out forward and just... Be, I, first off, I didn't even know he had seen it. So, or I, I, I figured that it hadn't been even released in that yeah, the capacity yet. Yeah, I know it was yet. finished. It, it, exactly. So... He tweeted the Warner brothers remake of Salem's lot currently shelved is muscular and involving. It has the feel of quote unquote old Hollywood. When a film was given a chance to draw breath before getting to business, when attention spans were longer. In other words, he continues. It feels like a horror movie version of slow burn movies. Like the great escape. It builds very well. There are diversions from the book. I don't agree with, but on the whole faithful. Then he continues. He says, best scene. Danny Glick in the hospital trying to claw down a body bag, which he then also continues and says the Glick scene could have been directed by John Carpenter in his prime. I mean, that's a lot of context for something that doesn't need it. Like I,
3: I've said it many times in this podcast before. I I'm always a little skeptical when he praises something because totally Mm -hmm. generosity of spirit. I, Respect that he wants to support the people who are supporting his work, right? Like I, uh, I can get behind that. Usually, like when he tweeted about the Dark Tower, I remember it was just, "Oh, just saw the Dark Tower. They have not forgotten the face of their father," which is kind of doesn't mean anything. You're <laughs> yeah. like, it sounds yeah. supportive. But you're like, okay, I can tell he didn't like this. He does go into a surprising amount of detail here. I know, which is like That's- maybe he digs it, but then he does say. Oh, they did some things they mm -hmm. don't agree with. And he calls out one scene. So then I'm like, well, is it something that is not great, but has a couple good sequences in it? Yeah. What what do y'all think?
0: Well, just as Justin put it, you know, because I think I sent that tweet to our thread and then Mm. Justin just said least reliable source. I know. I know. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Which kind of sums it up for me. But you are right in that there's more effort in these tweets than in other ones for other movies. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I've I've said it before and I said it again, like for all my cynicism, I'm I'm going into it open-minded. I love the cast. I think there could be a lot of good stuff here. So we'll see. I mean, the fact that it's going to streaming doesn't, well, if that's the thought process, doesn't give me a lot of hope. Because, you know, if there is one thing that I think all these streamers have learned is that horror, by and large, is... A great way office. to make a shitload of money yeah i mean it's not a guarantee because some horror movies do flop but you know i think i say a stephen king adaptation in a theater that you know has a bunch of vampires in it seems like it could be a pretty big slam dunk at the box office and if they don't think it's worth that then
2: that is pretty surprising to me but you know we'll see i i imagine the the reluctance to put it Give it a theatrical run is putting any real marketing dollars behind it. You Mm -hmm. know, it's it's Mm -hmm. this idea because like you know they're gonna have to do this whole play, this whole rollout. Whereas if they just do their own sort of in-house marketing through, you know, Max, maybe buy a few, you know, ads and programmatic, like they won't have to spend as much. But. You're right. I mean, horror is such a guarantee in a way. And I I do say guarantee just because even those that they say like, oh, this horror movie flopped, it generally means that it didn't overperform to what the analysts were expecting. Mm -hmm. Most, if not like all of the horror movies, usually recoup its budget within that first weekend because they're made for so little. I imagine this movie probably had like an 80, 90 million dollar budget. So that maybe could be a big thing also, which... I don't know. I mean, I, I guess the thing that surprises me is that if they're going to keep it and not write it off, is, he, is that not an option anymore because of the backlash they got from Batgirl? I don't think Zazloff mm-hmm. is the type of person that gives a shit what the public thinks Yeah, based on his response to the, the writer's strike and everything. But, you know, I, I'm very, I still am surprised to see King come around for this when it's a title that's not even confirmed if it's going to actually be released yet. Like, it seems like he is championing for it to try to get it out there. Jen, what are your, what are your thoughts on this?
4: It just, it feels like a very odd praise, you know, like this, it almost feels defensive. Mm -hmm. Like there, yeah, this is, if I were reading all of this together, it sounds like a boring movie that he's like, no, 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 but there's some good bits. You just got to pay attention. You know, this one scene, it builds, you know, you just got to be patient. You know, I like those kind of movies, but I also, I don't know, it just feels like maybe he saw it and was like, I do want it out. So maybe if I can tweet a little something about it. I was going to say, but, I, bet, I you know? bet a
0: producer reached out to him and said, if you yeah, tweet about that's a good this, point. It'll have a better shot, you know?
4: Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. It just, it feels like my response is like, tell me it's boring without telling me it's boring, you know? (laughs) And I like like slow burn horror, especially like I've been really into seventies horror recently. I watched, um, death dream because we talked about it. on It was so good, Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just, but the cast is great. Like I still want to see it and I'm really excited about it, but I don't know. We'll we'll have to see.
3: it sounds lots like my favorite king. It's your favorite king book, yeah. Yeah, I I hope it's great. And I'm, I know you rag on Dauberman a lot. I I like some of his stuff. I, I defend it chapter two. I think it's Mm -hmm. a lot better than people give it credit for.
4: Some nun stuff too. But it's almost
3: it's almost tough with a director like that because if it was like (laughs) Ari oster I mean, he probably won't be the right choice for Salem's Lot. But what's his face? Did like. Last Voyage of the Demeter and Troll Hunter. And oh, yeah. That. Oh, odoval Someone yeah. like that would in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. So he shows he can do the small town, mm-hmm. big cast thing. I'll talk yeah. to see of Jane Doe. If it was something like him, yeah. someone like him, I would say, you know what? This guy always knocks it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't think it's perfect, he always does a lot of things right. Doberman, it's like he's had some stuff I've loved and some stuff I thought was awful. So I, I don't really have a good barometer on how he's gonna handle this
4: uh, and he's I, not really known for like slow like contemplative no, no, horror
3: he's known not for like all. like the
4: wannaverse stuff you know which is why it feels weird
3: Rand, Randall you like love him right like he's here. you say like I, it's no, like P.T. Anderson then I think, Doberman I think it's no, Todd no,
2: Salons I, and then Gary Doberman I love Todd Salons <laughs> Todd
1: <laughs> so you want to talk, horror,
0: talk about some horror movies no I think I'm not a big fan of Doberman's work at all I will say I like his directorial I believe debut was or at least one of them An early one was Annabelle Comes Home, which I actually thought was better than I expected because it had no pretensions and operated as kind of a jack in the box jump scare horror movie in a fun way. Like Mm -hmm. it didn't have a bunch of trauma bullshit and it didn't in all of its jump scares. It didn't it wasn't relying as heavily as a lot of the Wanverse on just like making really loud noises that make your ears bleed. It actually had some really <laughs> well-timed jump scares. So I don't know. So I'm like, but the thing is, like, that's not what Salem's Lot is at all. So it's like, yeah. if if I can't, and I I think the script for It Chapter Two, which he wrote, is maybe one of the worst things I've ever seen. It is true. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's pump the brakes. To the I'm just out. saying. I'm just saying. Like, I'm, that's not, that is me having really reflected on this. And I, I. I think I I have so much anger in my heart for that movie because uh, I I because I really like the first one and I wanted it to be so good so I don't know so I think you know I'm always willing to be proven wrong but I think Sa- I think he's just a poor choice for Salem's Lot overall
2: I agree I, I think the thing that also makes me weary about the slow burn thing is I you know I fall asleep to the Changeling every night I mm. love I love <laughs> a slow burn horror movie I I just love. Th- I love that, that energy. I love that pacing, but here's the thing. It only works if I like the aesthetic and it only works as if I like the atmosphere in the world that's being built. And I can't say, even I, even though I do would agree with Randall, I I praise Annabelle comes home, you know, that's like me saying, you know, Oh, coming back from a a Cubs game. And it's like, Oh, how was the game? Eh, It was good. You know, and it was like a, they only had like three runs or something like that. It would just be like, okay, it was a middling game. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I look at Annabelle Comes Home. I don't even know why I use a sports analogy there. I don't watch <laughs> that much fucking baseball anyway. But anyway, I just don't believe that, that he's going to create that world that I love. Like the reason why I go back to The Changeling or medieval, the original Amityville Horror, all those 70s mm-hmm. films that, that, that you referenced, that, that, you, that era that you mentioned, Jen.
4: Sentinel.
2: The Sentinel too is that they all have a world that feels real. It also feels like it's 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 got uh, an aesthetic for days across not just the sheen of the film, but where they're shooting it, the production values, like the the, the shot selections, all of that stuff. And just based on his eye, I, I can't say I speak much confidence to that. So if in yeah. a way, if what I get is more of what he usually brings to the table in those respects and it's a slow burn, well, it might be a slow death for me <laughs> watching this movie. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. You know, with this, there's a lot of... I feel like the 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 theme of this episode so far is we'll see, which, um you know, yeah. we will. And here's another one, because speaking of King adaptations, one movie that is certainly coming out is Mike Flanagan's The Life of Chuck, his adaptation of the 2020 novella, which is currently in production down in Alabama. So if you recall from the last episode, we discussed how Tom Hiddleston is going to star as, uh, as the titular Chuck, Charles Krantz, and Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, <laughs> as Albie. <laughs> and late October, Flanagan fleshed out the cast a little bit more. He ushered in the supporting oh. cast, if you will. Chiwetel Elefor, Miyasara, Orianka Kilcher, Matthew Lillard, Harvey Guillen, and David Desmelschian. Man, what a fucking year for David Desmelchin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he's got stands like Karen Gillan, who was in Oculus, which is I think the first time she's come back to something from for him yeah, since then. So. Kate Siegel, Raul Coley, Violet McGraw, Samantha, Samantha Sloan, Jacob Trenlay, which who was also in Doctor Sleep, mm-hmm. and our screen queen, Heather Langenkamp, who is I believe, it was in Midnight Mass and
4: No, she was in the Midnight Club. Midnight
2: Midnight Club. I get the Midnights uh, mixed up.
4: Yeah.
2: So he also also gave a very Flanagan style message on the film. He said, the life of Chuck is a very personal story for me. And a movie I am so grateful will be in the world. We'll keep you posted with more updates as they come. And those updates continued this week, actually, because he shared a cast photo of the supporting cast uh, enjoying some bowling uh in near la- nearby lands. Maybe I hope that, hope they made some big Lebowski jokes there and they're all laughing there. <laughs> I, Maybe I'm some sure it was Russians. all fun. Was this no a fun negativity. No. Yeah.
3: If anyone said anything remotely critical about anything, they were out.
1: Yeah. Were out.
3: No no time for Hey man, you know criticism. you could you could
0: bring your arm back a little bit more on that swing. Yep. Nope. Alright, you're him. fired. You're fired. <laughs> we got Bruce
4: Greenwood in here. Come on.
2: Get Bruce. Yeah. Get Bruce in. Bruce Bruce walks in, he's like, I need this shit, and he like walks out. (laughs) (laughs) I would actually love that. Yeah. Any castings here that turn your head a little bit?
4: I mean, Matthew Lillard. And the thing that I love about a Flanagan casting is that you know once you're in, you're going to be in more Mm -hmm. stuff, you know? So I'm excited to see Matthew Lillard show up in a lot of the stuff, you know?
2: I'm always bound for more Lillard. I feel like before the return, it was like, oh, yeah, he was in The Descendants. Mm-hmm.
4: that's what that's i'm saying
0: it. i i interviewed matt lillard i think i talked about this on halloween hell too or i talked about it sometime recently because i love him like mm-hmm. ever since i was a kid uh he was an actor that i always found myself completely gravitating towards and rewatching a lot of his movies even the dumb ones i'm always struck by the absolute fucking titanic charisma he has mm-hmm. i know especially in scream obviously and I was lucky enough for Consequence back in the day to interview him about for the 20th anniversary of Scream. And he was one of the sweetest, most generous interviews I ever had. He was so cool and he was so thoughtful about horror and about his career. And at that time, you're right, like he wasn't, his career wasn't on fire. I think like Mm -hmm. the most high profile thing he had around that time was he was had a few episodes of Halt and Catch Fire.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. he was in the third season, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then. He got Twin Peaks, I think, right around that time, and that was ever. Yeah, and then, so I remember being like so thrilled that people cared. And I, you know, I have no desire to watch the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. It doesn't look like it's, it's for me. Not very. But good, no. I'm, I'm thrilled it's box office just because I'm just or happy Lillard. for Matt Lillard. Same. Like mm-hmm. the man deserves everything, and he is, uh, and Same. he's aged into a really interesting character actor. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thrilled he's in this. And the, it's Mia Mia Serra from yeah, Ferris Bueller. From Legend. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
2: Who the last thing I could remember her was, was in Ty, Time Cop with like John Wait, Claude Van Damme. Time
3: Cop.
4: <laughs> she's Ferris Bueller's girlfriend. In yeah. Ferris B- Oh, she's shit. Sloan.
3: Tom Cruise's I
2: girlfriend. I knew
4: I knew and, that and, like, name. Legend. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah, and see that's another thing that Mike Flanagan does is he'll like pluck these actresses or actors from like decades Just the ago that thing. haven't really done anything. Yeah, yeah.
3: Can't say something about this though, about yeah. this whole this whole movie. First off, not my not my favorite King's story. I like it if it bleeds a lot, but uh, this is the dancing one, right? This is mm-hmm. the one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah dancing uh-huh.
4: thing. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> so that is, are, the good thing about that I is Flanagan, Flanagan, in many ways, is perfect for that because he, he loves. He's
4: totally perfect for the story, yeah. You don't have to apologize to him.
3: Flanagan, Flan, no, I'm trying to think how to phrase. It. Flanagan is frustrating <laughs> to me like, because I, really, I think Dr. Sleep is infinitely better than the book. I actually really yeah. like it as a movie. I, I enjoyed Midnight Mass quite a bit. I mean, there are things that Flanagan does, and I, I love his fidelity to source material he's got a clear love for the genre great filmmaker all that good stuff he has been insufferable as far as the thing we made fun of a minute ago the positivity i don't mean because <laughs> i like i'm a very positive person but oh yeah You're he the does. most
0: positive person i know you.
3: no because i think positivity is important as outlook in the world but i also think it's very dangerous to paint a world where we can't have criticism of anything and if we do it's because we're a uh, fatalistic asshole who doesn't like movies, Mm -hmm. which is kind of how he frames any criticism of everything. I mean, he joined letterbox this week and even made a point to say, it's just going to be positivity. And I'm like, no, fuck off. Get out of there. I I want my criticism in letterbox not because I want to see shit get trash, but I think it's very interesting to debate movies and talk about their pros and cons and, and all that. I say that not to just make fun of Mike Flanagan. I say that because life of Chuck is a very sentimental story. It's a very mm-hmm. gooey story. That dance scene, even on the page, is just pushing it a little far. Yeah. It's overly sentimental. And although Mike Flanagan can handle sentimentality very well, he can also go too far mm-hmm. into it. And he even does that in a lot of the movies of his I like. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, ooh, do we want the overly sentimental, gooey, recovery talk guy handling something like Life of Chuck, which I think needs some some darkness and cynicism to it. It a little does. Bit. I, do you guys mm. feel that way though? Am I being too hard on? on I mean, I that? feel like you're
2: preaching the choir for me and Randall. <laughs> but yeah. I
3: mean like, yeah, I, Jen, what about, cause Jen, Jen yeah. you're a, a Flanagan. fan. I mean, and I'm a fan of his too. I don't want to sound like I'm not, but it's just, I wonder, are we going to get a little bit too precious with a story that's already a little bit too precious? I I guess is what I'm saying.
4: Yeah, I agree with you. And I do love Mike Flanagan. I think I'm like the, the strongest defender of him on the po pa- the pod. But even for me, like, Recently, I think he started to get a little bit too sweet. I think Midnight Club was the one that really kind of pushed it over for me. I was like mm, where's the where's the grit and the uh-huh. danger and the like reality here? But I will say, I think like if you look at his career over like from absentia to House of usher like I can tell when he had kids, Mm -hmm. and
3: Mm, interesting.
4: And I feel like there's a turn there, you know, because a lot of his earlier stuff is really harsh. Like Oculus is a really, really mean, unforgiving story. I love the ending, exactly. Yeah, and it's exactly, and it's so like great, and it just like punches you in the stomach. And then he kind of takes a turn into this really like sentimental stuff, and I think that's when we really started talking about the monologues, and and I think a lot of that comes if I'm looking looking at like my own life when I had really young kids and I was like really contemplating a lot of like the world and like what I want the world to be for them. And I think with Usher, I think cause Usher is mean too. And I really dug it partly because of that. Cause it's a lot of just really grisly death, a lot of unlikable characters, which felt like kind of a, a return to some of his older stuff. I think his kids are getting a little older and I think mm-hmm. he's just kind of getting moving a little bit further out of that schmaltzy zone but I completely agree with you. Like when I saw this pairing, I was like, oh, that's perfect. That like he's going to really bring out the schmaltiness. I don't know if this is going to be a horror story though. Yeah, well, and it kind of
3: isn't. On, I guess it kind of is.
4: It, on there the is page, parts. Right? Yeah. I, so there's yeah. two
2: things that I've gleaned from this. That's, uh, that's very interesting how they've been revealing this. So Vulture's coverage of it, they just laid out the twist right in the front. They yeah. say, they say Tom Hiddleston will star as Charles Chuck Krantz, who, Krantz, whose life we see in reverse chronological order. The story starts with Chuck dying of a brain tumor at 39, then backward to living in a supposedly haunted house. Now, it, it, it's been a few years since we've read it, since 2020, that wonderful year 2020 that you can revisit in Holly. We've talked about, I recall it being a twist though, right? Where you actually do find yeah. out that it is through... These, these things that it's just, it's just his mind kind of coming to terms with his death. And I, so the, what intrigues me about that is that I feel like the thing, the strongest suit that Flanagan is that his way of, of finding his way around difficult stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really Very good, good true.
0: At, at adaptation.
4: Yeah, especially King adaptation. Yeah. Well, that's mm-hmm. the thing.
2: It's like everything he's ever tackled for King have been these incredibly difficult, arduous tasks. Like the fact that he married... The Kubrick and the 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 King stuff in some ways to Mm -hmm. you know divisive you know reception.
4: Well, and also Gerald's game, you know, and
2: Gerald's game is one act. thing. I mean, it's it's a lot of these these tough things that I think he loves having these hurdles. So Mm -hmm. I am excited to see what he does to earn that sort of shock and awe again that he's basically kind of putting front and center. Well, with this film because. I think that's probably the only way you could do it. I don't know how you'd ever be able to sell this movie. It's like, you know, it's about a guy Mm -hmm. who's finding himself. (laughs) Like, I don't know if that would work anymore or something, (laughs) but I, I, I kind of wonder what the, what's the the ace in his pocket here for him? What, what are we going to get towards the end of this? And, you know, looking at this film
3: as a greatest hits of what he does is kind of interesting too. And I, and I should say too, like it it is a type of story that does require personal connection to Mm -hmm. us, even though Mm -hmm. that might result in a, an overboard indulgence in sentimentality. I do think you need someone who re- really relates to this story, and I believe him when he says he does.
4: Oh, but true. there is, yeah.
2: it has been, so from the get-go, they've talked about how it's been compared to Shawshank, Green Mile, and the Stand By Me. He wants to kind of bring that sort of prestige king back. We talked about that in August when we, when we talked, when, when this project was officially a go and a green light. My, my thing, and I still stand by this, is that, if there's any one of the films I think that this is probably going to be more aligned with, it's probably the green mile because Mm -hmm. the thing I don't like about the green mile is that at times it's a little way too precious.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And
2: where I don't think that Darabont is exactly, I think Darabont's more back to his genre roots in Shawshank and certainly gets back there, gets back there big time with the mist. But I think that that was a, because if you watch The Majestic, which I actually like. I like The Majestic, but it feels like the sort of saccharine qualities of that, which were very indebted to Frank Capra, are what we're going to get in this. And so when I look at like Shawshank and Stand By Me being aligned with this, both of those movies have a darkness to them. They have an edge. They have a, a very vicious outlook on the, the reality. The way that nostalgia is presented in Stand By Me, it's cold. It's mm-hmm. removed from the sort of uh-huh. warmth that you'd get. It's, it's actually, it almost feels like you're in a purgatorial hell with the way that, that Reiner does the, the, the blue lens. It's not looking back on this with rose tinted lenses. It's just looking back on this with sort of ice and anxiety. And, yeah. I, and I love it if he was able to find that again, because I think that's what the prestige King that I remember and what I love is, is, is that it has, when you find
3: out that it is Stephen King, you go, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, misery is prestige king too, and has yeah. that very that icy yeah. anxiety. There's great words to describe it. So, yeah, and
4: I think Flanagan can do that because, I like, totally I agree. don't know if y'all have totally. seen Absentia, but it's oh, got I yeah. that. You know, I, I just want don't the know. first half
2: of his career coming. So you're saying Usher goes back to some of that.
4: I think so. Have, have any of y'all seen Usher? It. No. I really enjoyed it a lot. I think one, like the way he we- weaves together a ton of different Poe stories and poems is really, really cool. But yeah, it, I mean, and it's still like, it feels like a newer Flanagan. It, there are a couple of monologues, but it's not nearly as sentimental, although there are moments. I did cry at the end. But like... It, it's just a lot like he's tearing a family apart and yeah. like systematically in the story. They're not likable characters. There are some likable characters, but they don't really come out on top. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like he's really it's, it's just eat the rich, you know, which is really fun. And the deaths yeah, are same. super grisly. You know, it's so, yeah, I think I, it feels a little bit more like like a shift back compared to something like Connie of Bly Manor.
2: You yeah. Know? The, the thing that hooked me at was uh, when I was, I saw Megan Re- Navarro's review for it, and she had said that it trades the treacly for like gallows humor, which I'm like, cool. Yes, I'm all in yeah. if that's the it's case. It's also super
4: then... horny too.
3: Oh, interesting. Okay.
4: Oh yeah, I I really dug it. You know, and I've watched <laughs> it twice too. So. Every
3: time you guys say Usher, I keep thinking it's about the R and B Usher. Uh, sure? I to yeah. Say. Yeah. 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 The, <laughs> faculty, the faculty star. Oh yeah. Yes, yeah, he's exactly. A bit of an acting career for a while. Huh? His best role. He's in the Muppets too. <laughs> uh, of course you know that. Which <laughs> Muppets though? Is it Muppets uh, the new the, the the one the first one with Jason Segel? I think he was. I might. But no. I'm not seeing that. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I'll tab I'll tabulate this. Muppets
2: two. Muppet <laughs> Muppets two. Uh, yeah. Any other any other thoughts on this this project? I, look, I'm still excited for it. Even though I, yeah, yeah, I'll still watch it. I mean, this is definitely part of the surefire thing that's coming out within the next calendar year. I mean, Karen Gillan confirmed today that she finished
3: her scenes, and he f- shoots yeah. fast, so. He what was in you? Muppets, too. Muppets Most Wanted. Okay. That's, he was that's a fun uh, one. Yeah. Fun one. Yeah, it's a good one. I like that one.
4: I'm going to bet he's going to try to tackle Elevation at some point, too. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. I love, man, I love Elev-
2: Genuine I Elevation. genuinely. I do, too. I, I, I really, really dig Elevation. Elevation, yeah. Great. I, I like the recipes that came from it in Castle Rock Kitchen. So, <laughs> in a way, I guess I do <laughs> like Elevation.
4: There's some frijoles in there? <laughs>
2: yeah, there, there actually yeah. are. Yeah. So, real quick updates on uh, uh some of the other king adaptations and if you recall god it's already been over a year but we went through all of them last year and guess what nothing's changed <laughs>
3: they're still in development hell i mean to be fair that the, nothing much has come out like the, yeah, it's, it's true, true. it's was true but, but still well, yeah so
2: a quote for edgar Wright's the running man remember that he was attached to that one a while back wasn't there just a report that he was planning on
0: filming it next year
2: yeah so this is this is from simon kinberg he was quoted in October, he said, you know, Wright is one of my favorite directors of all time and one of my favorite people. Just a super great guy, obviously a cinephile. All right. He said, then he goes, we are working on it actively. He's actively working on the script with Michael Bacall. And our hope would be that there's a movie that, again, all fingers crossed and luck and everything else go our way, that Edgar could maybe direct next year. He then added, what's cool is that Edgar completely separately before myself and Paramount started down the journey of figuring out how to get the remake rights, which was complicated. He had tweeted just on his own, and I follow him obviously on every possible platform. Okay, Simon. He had tweeted that if there was one movie who would remake ever, it was The Running Man. Well, not exactly true because wouldn't you know it, Today, rumors have surfaced that what could possibly be his next movie is a Barbarello remake with Sidney Sweeney. So, you know, whether or not he's going to jump into The Running Man or he's going to go into Barbarella, I don't know. Which one do we want to see? Do we want to see Sidney Sweeney Barbarella or do we want to see Edgar Wright's The Running Man?
4: Sydney Sweeney Barbarella. Well, I think he wants
2: to
0: see C- Sidney Sweeney. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think he yeah. wants to be on set with her. I can't blame him. So. Yeah. yeah.
4: You know, she looks like Nancy Allen in Carrie. He, she
2: does. If you yeah. look at her now. Yeah, she really does. I love does. her. Maybe she, like, her a few years
3: from now, she'll be in the RoboCop reboot, the
4: third, yeah. second one.
3: <laughs> it would be funny if they asked him about it and he's like, is he British, right? Edgar yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like, hey, what can I say? Uh, my attention was um, pulled to other places.
1: Uh, <laughs> right. it's like, so,
2: uh, he's like, you know, you saw Barbie last year. Let's just say you got, you got, you got that's got nothing on Barbarella. Oh my
4: God. That probably is why they're doing Barbarella because it sounds like Barbie. It sounds, it 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 sounds like
3: Barbie. Didn't Barbarella, was it a huge flop back in the day? It's Jane Fonda's isn't it? I think yeah, it was right, probably. Yeah. All I know but, is the iconography
2: is, has lived. Yeah. yeah. I
4: get it mixed up with Xanadu. I...
2: Yeah, that makes sense. I am... this When this was announced that he was actually connected to this, this really excited me because I think that if anyone could do a really cool adaptation of this book, it's him because I think he's perfect for this story. It, mm-hmm. I think he could probably fix the ending a little bit or you actually just make the ending go balls-the-wall like the There's the no book way they do that ending. There's I don't no think way. so. Yeah, that's true. That's true. it will probably be like... Yeah, I'm not going to go there. But anyway... <laughs> so I, I i would i would i would be open to this. I still would be very excited if he does it. I'm yeah. I'm probably going to bet money against it. I'm just going to say. Well,
4: I think the industry is going to bet money on Sidney Sweeney and yeah. Barbarella. Oh, yeah, as, uh, yeah, uh, the Running Man too. You yeah, know?
2: and he need, I think he needs a hit after Soho, which is one of the most uh, a proud member of the the Edgar Wright fan club. I did not like that movie. I thought it was I, so kind I, of. I didn't even hear about this movie. It, I could last not night finish Soho. it because a, the
4: accents were driving me nuts. Ugh.
2: Yeah, it's a drag. Uh, I even, this, It's
4: even got Matt Smith in it, and I love him.
2: But the thing is, is that I usually, uh, if I see Matt Smith attached to a project, I'm always like, oh, okay.
4: <gasps> oh, not me. I'm watching the Crown again. I'm
2: like, oh yeah, he is in the Crown, right? I don't have okay. to watch
4: House of the Dragon now. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. I, I, anyway, well, we'll see. <laughs> There's also the monkey. With a monkey. white lotus hunk, the monkey, oh monkey, The monkey. monkey. Uh, monkey. Mon- <laughs> the monkey. <laughs> I remember. Monkey.
1: Well, What's <laughs> happening? I remember when I we don't just. No, I just started doing. No, because Raffin
3: on a recent episode I listened uh-huh. to referenced how you on said the it. skeleton episode I introduced the monkey story and how he said it, the monkey and that's the how monkey. he hears it. <laughs> the so monkey. I went back. I went. <laughs> I went back to Skeleton Crew because I don't even remember introducing that story. (laughs) You actually went back to the episode. And it's exactly like it.
2: I (laughs) I, I don't know why that's... There are so many things in my head that I should have... So funny, saved, but that's a the sa- one I have saved for some reason. Oh, I'm glad reason. I did it. I yeah, because
3: you know. I was thinking like, was that did I introduce the monkey? I don't remember. yeah, and I sure introduced the monkey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so wait, what is that thumbs up Whoa. there? Why do you have a
4: emoji? Oh, on your you screen? have updated Ew, your. Um, wait, thing. I just made a
3: thumbs up on Zoom and it like read it. And, oh, weird. Uh, Here,
4: do this, or do this. this. Yeah, it'll it'll that's do not, lots that's of stuff not doing it weird. with yeah. Google. I don't know about that Zoom. was
3: really fucking weird. It's like the monkey, but with emojis. I'm so yeah. they should, they
4: should remake, remake the, the monkey and
0: call
3: it emojis.
2: Emojis. has nothing to do with the. It's like what's that movie where they're like uh, it, they just hack away at like the the what the, the adaptation? is? Oh, it's adaptation, the TV right? Set? Yeah, or the, the TV
0: set?
2: Uh, the, uh, maybe it is that. Yeah, or. We're, we're, where it's not, it's just nothing to do with the story anymore. Yeah. And they just, yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyway, Theo James, after we just got in that, that the installment of host right now over at Dan, he even has like the fucking, it's like pitch black behind you.
4: Yeah. <laughs> All those thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ.
2: Uh, next we're going to say the floating blind. mask. So Theo James, the monkey s- reportedly started filming in Vancouver yesterday and it's going to be going until December. It's labeled a shadowless
3: horse, which I pray to God that's not the title. But at the Why same you time, call
0: it that when you can call it the monkey,
3: wait, you I, can't. Well, <laughs> it can't be about a monkey and you name it after a horse. Yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense. I think it's just it's kind of like Blue Harvest with Return of the Jedi. I think that's what it is. It's kind of like just a, uh, like a, a, a work name, or uh, yeah, and that uh, like Dark Knight was Rory's Last Kiss or something like that. Or oh, Rory's was kiss. it really? Yeah, oh. yeah, but in Chicago, Rory Kinnear. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so.
2: <laughs> Do, can we actually call this the monkey though? Like I for I was racking my brain, I was like, is that actually gonna happen? It sounds like a movie that would be like in Seinfeld. Like they'd have it like on a poster
3: or something. <laughs>
4: uh, yeah, it does. Especially after y'all said it. Like, There's the not enough
3: story
2: Sack in lunch. the monkey. It,
3: it's so weird to me the monkey is like the, the iconic story from Skeleton Kirk because it's so thin. I think it's just cause the cover's creepy and monkeys with symbols are creepy.
4: But I think it's an easy stretch though, you know, because yeah. it it is a simple story, but what I like about it like is the hey remember when it killed my babysitter, hey remember when it killed my mom, mm. remember when it killed like you could stretch it, I think and have the monkey kill a lot of different people. So,
2: yeah. I wonder if it's going to end like that scene in Rest Development when Job tries to throw a letter into the, the ocean <laughs> and he'll just end with him keep trying to throw uh, the monkey into the lake or whatever. Spoiler
0: to for Yeah, they might be too. doing like a new, like this is the new Chucky. The monkey's the mm. new Chucky. They do have a so. monkey yeah. talk and call people yeah. assholes. And, hey, and then <laughs> they, they could team up
4: like how um, Chucky and Megan are going to fight, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. The monkey
4: versus Megan versus monkey Megan Chucky.
0: Well, they, yeah, they're hoping be in for the, like, this. Monkey v. Chucky, yeah.
2: But yeah. like, because that no the monkey wins, we lose. Isn't the monkey on like a block or something like that? Though it's like those little clapping monkeys. They're on some yeah, it's like a toy monkey right? with symbols yeah, and stuff. Like it doesn't pedestal. move.
4: Yeah.
2: Anyone have could. one of those?
4: <laughs> no, fuck. Those I mean, it, when you're not looking, it moves. Yeah.
0: I mean, I have a strong idea. This is going to go the boogeyman route where yeah. it's like, oh, here's the bare bones of the story, and we're just going to do some bullshit.
4: Well, and there already is some family drama in the story because it's like the dad has lost his job and they're going back to the old place and the son is angry. So like they could really lean into that which i don't really care about i want to see a monkey kill a bunch of people
2: i hope know? they do the inverse of it and it becomes like a sundance drama where it's oh, it's that. actually a family drama and then the monkey is like a gift that he gives to his son and it turns out that the the monkey is a metaphor for family and bonding
3: yeah yeah sure, yeah and like, it'd be nice and if I,
0: they just removed all the horror stuff and the monkey was just a gift he gave to his son to show him yeah yeah. Like,
3: yeah. yeah yeah like a paperweight in the book, the monkey just claps its symbols. It doesn't even kill people, yeah. really. It, yeah. well, it does, ki-
4: When it claps its symbols, people die, you know? What if it's a real monkey?
3: Oh, that'd be ah, cool. But I, I want to see a monkey stabbing people and... Using its tail to choke people. and or Maybe he could, like, put
0: people's heads between the symbols and crush them. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are <laughs> really talking well. about like,
4: Slotherhouse. You need to watch yeah. Slotherhouse. It's so good. I I like watch doesn't watch it doesn't have the guy tonight. from
0: White Lotus in it. it
4: that's no, true. It does know. not. This no. guy is hot.
1: Have you this guy, he like, is
4: very hot. Did you know he's British? Uh, of course does he is he's British. His hotness factor for me. Americans hot. Well, that's true, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean... Joe Keery is an American though, so is that's Jacob Alordi American?
4: Like he's probably British. Jacob is...
3: what if it was Jacob Lordy as the monkey, though?
2: Like, Ooh. you know, he's doing love the love voice of <laughs> the
3: monkey. Yeah. Hey, I mean, Elvis liked eating bananas a lot. So. He's he he got the upper body strength to really like hit those symbols hard. I like <laughs> yeah, <it's,
4: he> does. <laughs> I like one of the one of the <laughs> <hit my symbols. laughs>
3: great stories
1: I
4: saw
2: from <laughs> those awesome entertainment publications this week where <laughs> Jacob Balordi eating like nothing but bacon, like a pound of bacon every uh, day. I unfollowed like,
0: like every fucking Publication, as you because I didn't have to anymore. I didn't have to follow them anymore, and I still saw that story. Story like thirteen fucking times. On it's system. so yeah. dumb.
2: It's just. It's like okay. Well, first off, why, why do are I you care? doing this? And also, yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. I'm, that's, it's not. You know, it'd be more interesting to me if it was like, oh, uh, you know, he did rails of cocaine while yes. also, you know, <laughs> trying to, you know, squeeze one out on the John. That's what actors
3: should be doing. <laughs> yeah, right. you know. Did you guys ever hear the rumor that? When they did the autopsy on Elvis, that his, his intestines were like white and powdery from all the pills that he, or the shit was white and powdery I'm from sure. all the pills he took. I, I don't
2: think that's true. You always bring this absolute like just <laughs> <laughs> filth. It's so good, uh, it, it like and don't get me. I, I've seen the fucking links that you've shared of, of uh, Ringo oh, Starr in yeah. the, the Zoom thing. Don't get me. I, I will absolutely be looking at those after the recording here.
4: <laughs> yeah, Dan, you're the reason I know what Toby Maguire's penis looks like. When you, <laughs> that's not
1: a real penis. That's it's a meme. <laughs> okay.
2: Still, I love that. <laughs> like on our time. Discord,
3: people were like trying to look for the photo too, which is <laughs> great. It was it was hard to relocate for a long time. I remember, mm. uh, and like people because it was from like eBombs World. It was like yeah. proto internet. It was real internet. Hard It wasn't, to find, it wasn't yeah. like a meme even. it's just his um, face the face of, of toby maguire <laughs> is the best because in real life he did have his dick hanging out just like, yeah he's just having tea or something
2: yeah they're just having a good time with uh, a bunch of guys anyway <laughs> we're what are you more excited for dune 2 or the monkey dune 2 yeah okay
4: Yes. Have you seen uh, Timothee Chalamet's hand? I haven't,
2: I haven't watched the Dune movies. They seem, they seem
3: drab. So I've,
2: I've, I've, I liked the first I'm one, and I didn't give
4: a shit about Dune at all. I thought it yeah. was like Tremors. I'm a big fan now of the books, it.
3: a big fan of the movie, but I am more excited for the monkey. Oh, oh no, the kidding. monkey! I'm, just kidding. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I just wanted to say right.
2: <laughs> Well, moving on, one last little big not even big, but welcome to Dairy was confirmed. It's not going to bow until 20, 2025, which makes sense because I believe they were twenty twenty five. Yeah, oh, I believe geez. they were just starting to film once the when the strike hit. Yeah. So that sucks. I imagine that the set's just sitting there, It's just like yeah. Yeah. like people are like excited for it. that one. I'm very it's excited like, for it. Just don't touch the props. <laughs> they just like hire an HBO guy that stands there. It's like uh, anyway.
4: Hey, I'd take that job. That sounds pretty nice.
2: And then a show that we really loved. Back in 2021, it's already two years. It's just unreal. Chapel wait, not getting a second season. Ah. I say that's a good thing. I think
0: it's good. I'm not really sure where it would
2: have gone. It felt pretty complete. to
0: me. I thought the
3: ending was kind of perfect for that. Um, I agree. Also felt like
4: they got lucky and made it good. Um, Oh, yeah. Not, not, you know, I just. No, no. We, you know.
3: If you're like, oh, we're going to take the sort of prequel, but not really to Salem's Lot. That's the first long ass story written in the style of H.P. Lovecraft from Night Shift and make a 10 episode adaptation of it. (laughs) not what I would be betting on to be successful. And yeah. I thought we, I mean, we, we was it us four? We all liked it? it. I we think loved was it, yeah. Yeah. it was great. I really liked it okay. yeah. One of the yeah. best, I mean, I'm trying to think of the, is it the best King adaptation in the past five years? In our recap of the Renaissance, we put
2: that out. It was up.
4: that and Lacey's story were around the same time.
2: It was. Yeah. It was yeah. a good summer for that. Mm-hmm. So the next story I have is it's King being on the, he was on the Sanjay Gu- uh, Gupta podcast I pulled a lot of quotes, but we're already running long, so I don't think we need to read them all. But go check it out. It's a good app. They've got some he's got some really fun insights in there. Like he talks a little bit about wanting to be in charge of his own scares he talks mm-hmm. about what scares him which is alzheimer's disease which makes uh, sense which i think yeah. scares that scares the hell out of me run uh, does that run in the family because I, I think feel like every one of my relatives yeah are. alzheimer's and dementia are both genetic oh that's good mm-hmm. that's, that's that's yeah and i've got
3: two grandmothers who have mm-hmm. it so yeah. I've, I've already <laughs> had moments in the day where i'm like did i take my pill did i take my pill did i take the my pill and I'm, yeah Do and i just what i hate about that is that because it's all about your brain and the mind, it's something you can be really self-aware about. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we're all big readers and writers and whatever else here. So I think we're people who exercise our brain daily, but it feels like there's just no you're kind of, I mean, maybe, maybe I don't know enough about it. I know diet has to play into it a little bit, but yeah. it seems like you're kind of either going to get it or not going to get it. Maybe I'm mistaken about that. I don't know, but it, that's what's scary about it to me.
2: Well, I think that's a, I think it's a very human fear to have is something yeah. that like, it's literally the most, it's our brain. It's our hard drive. It's everything. I think mm-hmm. it's one of the scariest things and I'm sure I'll get it knowing my luck. So <laughs> Jeez, I hope you do. I hope none of us do. I hope none of us do. I hope we're, I hope we're still potting when we're 85 years old and I'm just yeah. so sharp and I'm still making, we're still talking about Toby Maguire's dick and stuff, but <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's get to the main event, which is what you all know and have been waiting for us to talk about probably after the news hit, You Like It Darker, which reminds me of the Leonard Cohen song, You Want It Darker, which if I saw, I think I saw maybe, what, 85 replies about Leonard Cohen to King's tweet about it. So we get it. (laughs) Yeah, so this past weekend, very busy, uh, especially for for me, who makes a lot of the templates for news. (laughs) So at first, it was the German cover that leaked, and then it was the UK cover, which is pretty effective it's just got like these two beach chairs and you can see the the i think the shadows of skeletons on it with the, the the waves coming up and then sunday gave us the us one so it's all official you know king even retweeted our mention of it which uh hey thanks steve and scribner already has a visual ad out and you can pre-order it on amazon so you know i think that's it's air this is the next one to anticipate. The cycle continues. We've moved on from the Holly cycle. We are now starting the You Like It Darker cycle, and we got a shitload of information about it. Randall, or I feel like you're, you're, your threat's certain right now. So I
3: Oh, no, I can read. You got go read, read uh, the... Maybe Randall got bit by a vampire in oh. Dahlberg's
1: oh. Lot. Maybe, lot.
3: Maybe it was the big enemy, uh, COVID. I guess it would be Berman's Lot. Yeah, <laughs> Berman's Lot, Yeah.
2: All right, go for the, read the press uh, release for it.
0: All right. From legendary storyteller and master of short fiction, Stephen King comes an extraordinary new collection of 12 short stories, many never before published, and some of his best ever,
2: ever (laughs) is capitalized, (laughs) which seems a bit much. Yeah, that's a lot. Like, like everyone calm down. Yeah. Are we sure we want to say that, like, what, 50 years into his career? Yeah. Yeah. You like it darker?
0: Fine, so do I, writes Stephen King in the afterword to this magnificent new collection of 12 stories that delve to the darker part of life, both metaphorical and literal. King has, for half a century, been a master of the form, and these stories about fate, mortality, luck, and the folds in reality where anything can happen are as rich and riveting as his novels, both weighty in theme and a huge pleasure to digest. King writes to feel the exhilaration of leaving ordinary day-to-day life behind. And in You Like It Darker, listeners will feel that exhilaration too, again and again. (laughs) Two Talented Bastards explores the (laughs) long-hidden secret of how the eponymous gentlemen got their skills. In Danny Coughlin's Bad Dream, a brief and unprecedented psychic flash upends dozens of lives, Danny's most catastrophically. In Rattlesnakes, a sequel to Cujo, a grieving widower travels to Florida for respite and instead receives an unexpected inheritance with major strings attached. In The Dreamers, a taciturn Vietnam vet answers a job ad and learns that there are some corners of the universe best left unexplored. The Answer Man asks if prescience is good luck or bad and reminds us that a life marked by unbearable tragedy. Can still be meaningful. King's ability to surprise, amaze, and bring us both terror and solace remains unsurpassed. Each of these stories holds its own thrills, joys, and mysteries. Each feels iconic. You like it darker?
2: You got it. Yeah, I mean, there's a There's lot. I couldn't of... read it in cornball voice. No, I you no, had I to. Love it. I, I feel like in the past, th- his write-ups of the books weren't this. They you sound know, like tweets. You know? They do. Yeah. They really do.
0: Like I can't believe somebody. I can't believe there wasn't a line that's like, "I am living for this collection." <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, it's giving Stephen King '70s oh, vibes. Yeah. <laughs> so we got the full. Th- th- this is exciting for me because I feel like this is this is possibly the first short story collection new that we've covered. I think it is because this bizarre bad dreams came out before, before we started, uh, we started the and then podcast. It just
1: more like it's novellas. Only novellas.
2: So this is exciting for me because I love the short story collections. As I've said on multiple short story collection episodes, I feel like I've been on every short story collection episode, except for nightmares and dreamscapes. But the thing I, I, think is fun about this about covering it now is that we actually get to kind of dissect like where these stories are from what stories are being added it's something that we haven't really been able to do yet and so he's got we got the whole list so two talented bastards bastards hey, i like that bested. you put the inflection on that, that that's new it's previous unpublished previously unpublished the fifth step that was in the march 2020 issue of harper's magazine I didn't catch that one I think I missed I think I missed the
3: fifth step I For real I usually don't read His new short stories When they come out Because I know They're gonna be collected And I love to read them Mm -hmm. Together yeah So in the 80s When you're like I'm not gonna read the crate And (laughs) then it's (laughs)
2: Are you still waiting To read it now Yeah 1986
3: Yeah I'm too I'm like No (laughs) no no I'll stick with Hop on Pop Right Uh, now So then Willie
2: the Weirdo, which was in the spring 2022 issue of McSweeney's, we have that, Randall. We have that. Yeah, yeah.
0: I actually am sitting right next to it.
2: Yeah, I've I haven't read that one though. I've I've heard mixed of reactions from uh, our uh, king historian Brian Burnett, Danny Coughlin's Bad Dream, previously unpublished, Finn, which was the ebook from last year. You all reviewed that, right? Yeah, or, we got a whole episode yeah. about it.
4: Mm-hmm. Thoughts I did on it? Like that one, thumbs yeah. up or thumbs down? We thumbs stuff up
2: to liken it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Okay. It's slight, but it's, it's good. You know, like in the death room, it's got that kind of vibe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Big time.
2: On Slide In Road, which was in the October, November 2020 issue of Esquire magazine. Didn't read that one. Did you catch? Did anyone catch that, that one? The
0: one that had the, which one's the alligator? Was hmm. that that story? Re, I, I know the alligator story is in this because. That's like, the cover
2: of the book. That's the cover of the US. book. Maybe it's yeah. Lori. I it might be remember. Lori because I think Lori is the one. I feel like Lori we covered on this book, but or covered on this podcast. The one that we did cover, at least for news, was Red Screen, which was his ebook that came out in 2021. Again, I think I started that, but then I was, I think actually, If It Bleeds came out or, or something came out around that time and I had to stop and I had to read it. But or it just could have been life changing, life changes at the time that it came out. And I was like, got enough to read about right now the turbulence expert which was from flight or fight which that book came out right when we start right like pretty much our second year of doing the podcast and i remember us covering the flight or fight which as we've learned he's terrified of flying so that'll be interesting lori she just mentioned that was on stephenking.com in 2018 rattlesnakes which he announced on the podcast uh, while talking to us that's the that's the i think that's the big hook for this book is the, the idea that it is a Cujo sequel i think that's pretty planned that that was going to be the hook for this. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that in a second. Then there's the dreamers, which is previously unpublished. And then there's the answer man. And that was previously unpublished. So we've got, you know, all in all one, two, three, five stories that we cannot get right now. Is that enough to keep the excitement? Are you more excited? Are you less excited from where you were when we didn't know all the details for this? Jen, I know you, you know, we're big short story heads on the, on, for, for King. Where, where, where are your, Where's your excitement on this now that, you know, there's been, you know, you get seven old ones and five new ones. Where Where are you at?
4: Well, I think, you know, anytime it's going to be a Stephen King short story collection, my excitement is like all the way at 10 because I love the short stories. And, you know, I have, I've only read one of them. So it's still going to be a lot of new stuff to me. Also, like, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, like, Night Shift, I believe, has about 20 stories. And so I'm anticipating some of these to technically be novellas or Mm -hmm. longer, you know? So I think the fact that it's only, there's only about 13 does not give me pause at all. I, I trust Stephen King to give us some really good short stories. And
2: there was, I think it's, Amazon said it's like 544 pages. So I think oh, okay. you're right. Well, yeah, I think you're so right. there's
4: going to be quite a few of them that are over 100 pages or a missed level kind of story. And then the rest of them are kind of more fin. Because I think Finn was like 20 pages, somewhere around there.
2: Oh, so that was short then. I, it, I, was I, I it was relatively short. Okay. I mean, it
4: wasn't, it's not like the Reaper's image, but it's like. Yeah, I don't you know,
2: remember it being super long.
4: Interesting. It's interesting.
2: Yeah. What about you, uh Randall? Where your where your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm excited.
0: I mean, I haven't read a lot of these because, okay. like, I'm kind of like Dan. I don't typically seek Same. them out. I mean, to be honest, like with the pod, it's like you have King is to some degree work, and so I, I, I am usually seeking it out when I'm
2: doing it for the pod. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Same. Yeah. From me, it's almost like. If I know that we're gonna do a podcast episode on a movie, I don't want to watch the movie, even though I want to watch the movie at that point, you know? Caffrey, where where, where where's your excitement on this?
3: Yeah, I'm excited. I honestly the last collection of King short stories where it had a lot of duds for me was Nightmares and Dreamscapes. And I still like that book for what it is. I I think his two weakest are probably Nightmares and Skeleton Crew, even though Skeleton Crew has some amazing material in it. And even then, I I still enjoy those books. So, I I mean, King says this himself in the intro for a lot of his short story collections. You know, it's a short story. If you don't like it, it'll be over pretty mm-hmm. soon. So, I, I think I'm, yeah. it's very rare. that I, I don't think I've hated a King short story collection. So,
2: yeah, I'm excited. This is easily the most anticipated I feel like I've been with a new title in, in years. Mm-hmm. Mostly because I think doing Everything's Eventual last year... And then just after Sunset this year, I really did cemented the idea that I, th- I think that I like him more for short stories than his novels. And so I, I am very excited to see sort of lean, mean King come back in some of this. I've, you know, he's, okay. he teased Rattlesnakes. I feel like when we talked to him about Rattlesnakes, he, it was when you were, were talking about transgressive horror, right? It was like right around the time he was talking about The innocence. That new one mm-hmm. yeah wasn't that and, and i think he said that this was like he just yeah. this was a he mean story it transgressive horror, yeah. yeah so i and I, I could have sworn it was something to do with like toddler like our kids getting yeah you're talking p-
0: about kids playing like in a snake pit or something
3: when, and even if if you look at his past few works he's released like if it bleeds that certainly has horror but some of it's tied to a pre-existing series already and that's their novellas not short stories yeah holly is tied to the hodges trilogy the Institute wasn't really horror. Billy Summers' is crime, later is crime. It's been a minute, even short stories aside, mm-hmm. it's been a minute since we've just gotten some pure horror from him. You know what I yeah. mean? I think, yeah. even though I love his novels, I do think the short story as a container is kind of king distilled. It's him at his purest. It's I him agree. dredging up the EC comics. So I'm really excited for it. Well, that's, mm-hmm.
2: and that's what I, I really do love about the short stories is that it, I, 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 yeah, th- th- that's, that's kind of his old bread and butter. I mean, it's where he got, he certainly cut his teeth to at least get the option to be able to do a novel, right? I mean, because he was already mm-hmm. being write, written and, you know, he was already putting some stuff out there in, in certain, you know, smaller publications, what have you. But I, I don't know. I I think this is, I think this is exciting. I think this is, I'm I'm very interested to know what the theme of this is because it seems like based on what we're getting on, you know, some of the quotes that he's had, that are tied to this, whether it was on Talking Scared or you know, even just looking at the descriptions for these stories and just even the, the thematic nature of the covers, especially that UK cover, I think a lot of it is going to kind of do deal with the, the sort of, like you know, the kind of latter half, the the fourth quarter of lives, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the mortality, when your mortality is, is is dwindling. And that's exciting to me. I think that, that he could actually start itching... You know, scratching at some itches that he hasn't been able to do in some of the stories, or, or maybe only has been able to do at a cursory level. You know, like I think about like Holly's mother and that whole arc, which was certainly more the, one of the more highlights of that story, was learning about that sort of relationship and how that tied into like our own identities, our own mortalities. And I could tell there's a lot that he wanted to talk about that there. And I'm hoping that a lot of these stories... And and I'm sure, you know, the the funny thing is I could probably figure all that out now because I could read half of the the seven of these stories right now and go Mm -hmm. for it. But that's what I'm hoping is that there is some sort of connected theme because even when we did Just After Sunset, I felt like we had a good grasp on like some sort of overlaying theme with that. Yeah. And certainly with Everything's Eventual, but.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it felt like like coming out of a tunnel into like, like, I don't know, transformation, Mm -hmm. you know.
2: I haven't read Bizarre Bad Dreams yet because we haven't gotten there yet. That's great. It's pretty good. I great. really Except, liked it, yeah. yeah. There,
4: there aren't as many standouts, I feel like, but it is overall a really solid mm-hmm. collection, I think. You That's know.
3: the Drunken Fireworks, isn't that right?
4: Yes. Which one? Yeah. Drunken, Drunken Fireworks? Fireworks. Okay. Yes.
3: Summer no. Thunder is one of my favorite short stories he's written, period. I don't want to say too yeah. much about it. I like it the Dune. Excellent. I
4: like the little green, green God of Agony a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of really good ones in I there. I will
3: say, too, Summer Thunder, probably one of the only... Uses of biker culture that I like in a Stephen King <laughs> yeah. story. So that should tell you something.
2: You don't like when Larry Underwood's driving a, a hog? I uh, like Larry on oh, no. the hog because he's, he's, he's not a biker, though.
0: He's, he's a wannabe biker. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, no, Harold
2: what about when Harold Lauder's on that nah, hog? Nah, oh, like,
0: they, they, I like his
4: them, rhinestone <laughs> pants.
0: None of them are like mouse or beezer.
3: Yeah, <laughs> beezer.
4: That's who I was trying to think of.
3: Louder, I don't mind too because. King is very aware of the fact that he's trying to project something, yeah. that he's trying to be a bad boy. It's, yeah, the, the Thunder 5 or Furious 5. What the fuck are they? Thunder 5. <laughs> I think it's the
4: Thunder furious five. 5. Furious, furious too, too I, 5. Furious. Furious. two 5, too furious. <laughs> I, think
3: five, I think Furious 5 was actually, growing up on the alternative rock station, my town 97X, it was the Furious 5 at 9, and it was the five most popular songs. Oh. I remember I heard Bleed American, and it's pre-streaming, so I had to tune in to hear it again. And it, the, the Furious 5 and yeah. hosted by Beezer, DJ Beezer. Tearing it's, it like up. Beezer. it's like
2: when uh, You Know You're Right came out from Nirvana, and the only way you could hear it is if you like tuned in on the radio oh, station yeah. at the time, because it didn't even leak, which is cool. Yeah, so one of my hopes is that... So does Bizarre Bad Dreams have any titles that you would say are as scary as N or 1408?
4: Not mm. as scary. Okay. Not as scary, no. The do- Dune, the Dune, I... like chilled me. The the bad little kid I feel like is the pretty kid's creepy.
3: Creepy, yeah. Is that about the burn down What's up that about Boone your son wearing those? a propeller <laughs> beanie?
4: <laughs> and then I liked the little green god of agony a lot. Like it's not necessarily a scary story, but it's got a really scary moments in it. But no, it's not not quite as powerful as in or 1408.
3: Okay, Jen, okay. would you say also in bizarre bad dreams? There's definitely some horror in it, but there's a lot. Like even Summer Thunder isn't. It's post apocalyptic, but it's not quite horror. It's almost more prestige king a little bit.
4: Yeah, I would say it's like it's very. There's a lot of moral complexity in it. Yeah. And a lot of like it, not quite trolley problem, but like there's a lot of like I don't know moral dilemma. Like the you know? um
3: Herman woke is oh I that's tough story. I'm never
4: gonna read that one again. Woo. Yeah.
3: I haven't read it since I've had a kid, so uh, yeah, we'll see. based on some of the log
2: lines that we got from here, the Dreamers really excites me that the idea of this like Vietnam veteran, which I think whenever mm-hmm. he explores that is really interesting. The, a job ad about these the, 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 the corners of the universe best left unexplored. I think he's really good. If that's if it's the dreamers and it has to deal with, well, it could actually be about the the dreamers of just what the generation is. But if it is about the mind, I'm in. Because when he does that, it's it's just that's one of his strongest flexes is when he's able Mm -hmm. to just like dig into burrow into the this type of shit that you can't escape of in your mind. And if that's what he's talking about, the corners of the universe here, I'm, I'm in. I'm interested. Anything else that catches your eye here? And including... By the way, there was a, an excerpt that was released for Kujo 2, or Rattlesnakes Cujo 2. <laughs> Cujo 2. Cujo 2. Cujo. I wish it was just Cujo. called that. would be great. Cujo. Cujo. I, has, did you all read the excerpt for yeah, right. yeah.
4: There's some King's Dominion in there. There is, yeah. Speaking of in, there's Ackerman. Oh, yeah. COVID, you Ackerman's mean? Ackerman's Field.
2: Oh, and COVID, too. Yeah. <laughs> King, that's King's Dominion at this point, one of, right? one, of, one of King's worst villains. What do we think about the excerpt? You know, it's, I, when I heard that it was supposed to be a, a grieving widower... Before the excerpt was released I gotta be honest I thought it was supposed To be Mrs. Camber
4: mm. I think Widow Is a is a lady I think when oh, it's is a widow it? Or it's gotta be a man Well cause it's okay. her The husband It's Vic right it's it's a little Yeah it is domain. Vic
3: So Donna is- Yeah sorry
4: I don't wanna put Anybody <laughs> in boxes <laughs>
3: <laughs> But so Donna's dead then Yeah
4: Apparently no so yeah. yeah Yeah I feel like that's Maybe kind she of she got eaten By a rattlesnake
3: Kicking the nuts man I don't know yeah, I guess, she, well, I guess I mean, Cujo she- Ate her after all What if the
2: entire time it's it's like this it's like this it's like signs where Vic we follow Vic during this because in the excerpt he's like walk around the beach or whatever and we we like throughout it we just get glimpses of his last moments with Donna and then it turns out that like their last moments were actually like right after they left the house but Cujo Cujo came out for one
3: more bite and just killed her
4: yeah I mean she did get rabies you know maybe they didn't cure her rabies Yeah. yeah Cujo.
3: Breaks into the house and jerks off on the mattress. (laughs) (laughs) He hopes the mattress. I hope there's a reference to that. Like, he's like, I remember that
2: son of a bitch, Steve, fucking jerked off on my mattress. What if Vic and Steve have
4: been together ever since Donna died? What if Vic realized, that's why he was so angry all the time, is because he was denying his true feelings for Donna's husband.
2: Where it's like, you know, they just go full on meta- and and Vic is down there in Florida And he like meets up with Steve He's like, Steve, you know, let's let bygones be bygones And then it just becomes something <laughs> to tide you over And he like fucking buries him in the, the, Into the, the sand and there's like rattlesnakes everywhere And stuff And, and just blasts just,
4: like, load after load in his and face And it's just
2: like, here you go <laughs> ah! <laughs> <He just laughs> it's like oh, the rattlesnakes Lord. aren't the worst part. This <laughs> is, I've saved myself from my you.
4: rattlesnake. Oh God. just
2: about to spit some venom at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't come in a week. Get ready. Um, oh, <laughs> God.
4: Right. Uh,
2: okay. Uh, oh, man. Whew.
4: I do hope Willie the Weirdo is porn. Well, uh-huh. you can oh, it is, yeah. Is it It's,
0: it's <laughs> hardcore porn.
2: It's hardcore That's porn. That 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 oh, mixed was like we got to get the other this.
4: other it's Kujo 3 cuz yeah. uh, Steve Kemp shows up.
2: Do we All right, so we know that Cujo 2 is in this. Do we think that there's
4: <laughs> played by <laughs> so, uh, Jason <laughs> Bateman. It, it's funny for, we 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 were <laughs> Yeah.
0: It's, but it's like, it's uh, suddenly with Jason Bateman's always like, uh, that just happened.
4: (laughs) Well, nobody's going to top that rattlesnake.
2: It's written by like the finest writers of the Marvel cinematic universe. So it's just nothing but fucking soy humor the entire time. It's so weird because there's so we've, we've had decades upon decades of just movie titles with two in it but there's something mm-hmm. so funny about it now, which is maybe why Hollywood doesn't do it anymore. But like just the concept of saying Cujo two is just, <laughs>
0: they got to bring it back. Yeah.
2: Cause it's the name of a character we know cannot be in it unless it's fucking supernatural. <laughs> so you're calling it too anyway, I'm over explaining the joke. So do we think there are going to be any other connections in this? Not to get into the, the fandom of it all, as we discussed earlier, but like, let's say, you know, we, there was like the Sisters of Illyria. There was, in, mm. do we think that there could be some sort of oh wow, this is this happens to be tied to the the Dark Tower, or this is in conjunction with another random story, like oh th- this is a return to Castle Rock or something. I mean, I'm just wondering if do we have any do we have any predictions here that we want to throw out?
4: I feel like if. Tur- okay, the two that stood out to me is like the Turbulence Experiment could have something to do with the Langoliers. Mm-hmm. Willie the Weirdo makes me think of Blind Willie, but I feel like since both of those are already published, we would have known by now. Yeah. So no, I don't know.
3: Danny Coughlin's Bad Dream is interesting. Maybe yeah. Laurie, uh, looks like that's published also, is Laurie his, uh, his uh, foray into the Halloween
4: universe? Yeah. to <laughs> King, yeah. Hey, I read it. It's about trauma. This is the ending <laughs> of
2: Laurie Strode. Yeah, I don't know. The answer man, that being the last story Mm. of this collection, sounds like a dark tower thing, right? Yeah,
4: the TikTok man. Yeah, yeah,
2: maybe it's. I would love
0: a TikTok man story.
2: Well, I don't know. This will be. I guess the (laughs) last question. Mike and I would love
4: a dark tower story too, right? (laughs) I'm,
2: you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm. I can't wait to get through eleven, twenty-two, sixty-three, so I can get to win through the keyhole and go back to my the world that I. (laughs) Oh, the keyhole is great. I know, I do I'm, like I'm just joking. There, I still, I like the Dark Tower stuff. I just, Jen and I would just much prefer having a little scary story or a drama.
4: Yeah. Hey, y'all have fun with your Dark Tower stuff. I, what do you think? You think I,
3: I want scary stories. I know. I like scary stories to tell in the dark. But Yeah. I okay. will say, I, I'm about 80 pages into 1122. Man, that book is so fucking good. It's great. Like, I'm it's, just, so good. it's so good. It it good moves, dude. baby. It's, it uh, is yeah. just... Just the pro... I mean, it's like perfect. Mm -hmm. It's it's perfect. Even
4: when nothing's really happening, it's just so good. Even
3: for... And King's had a lot of really... Good recent novels in this era of the podcast we're in. Like I've really liked a lot of the mm-hmm. recent, but it, it, he's just on another level of this book. I just yeah. for like I haven't reread it since it came out. I'm just like blown away by it. But anyway, so I'm. He, I'm it, it, although
2: I'm leading these episodes, I'm, it's very interesting to me because I have to show some. Rest- I have to have some restraint because I yeah. really because of these they're so spread out. We're by the way we're doing six episodes. That's not even counting the supplementary episodes that we're getting. That's that that, that there would be these incredible interviews that are going to add so much more. Discourse into something that if either of us went into on these episodes, it would just become an eight-hour fucking palooza, probably. But the six-episode run is is is, it's it's interesting for me because I cannot go past these parts before doing these episodes. So, and I've read the book; it's one of my it's my top three King, but it's, I, I already got to 97 because that's only the first section. So I've already read the first section I needed to get to, and I might have actually just go reread it again. So I'm that much more even familiar with it, but like, mm-hmm. you're right. It glides. Like I couldn't believe I had almost already finished that section before we got to the, to it for part one. And I'm, I'm so excited to get to the other ones. Cause now a lot of the stuff is coming back to me
4: mm-hmm.
2: and I'm realizing that Tears might be flowing <laughs> uh, by the time we get to, you know, episodes five and six and and what have you. But I guess that's as good as any to, as a seg to get us the heck out of here because that's it. That's the, that's the Hollywood King episode. That's we've, we've, uh, we've spent two hours. I said, this is going to be lean. I think given all the stuff that we had to catch up on, not too bad. Yeah. Let's get out of here. So as I mentioned, six episodes, of 112263. Before that though, next week we're going to be unlocking Nightmares in the Sky, which uh Dan, you was that 2 years ago that you and
1: Fleeger Yeah, that
3: was me and Fleeger. I don't know, 2 years, it's crazy.
2: Yeah. yeah it's a fun wild this, 2021 is so weird to think of 2 years. It still feels like last mm-hmm. year, but it wasn't. But yeah, we're going to be unlocking that cuz it is technically a book episode and it's the 35th anniversary of this year, so hey, why not? And then yeah, 112263 starts and I've been Saying to, to folks that this is like the last hurrah for me, just because, and not saying is like the last hurrah of like a you know what we're doing. The, 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 we still have plenty of books to go, but I can't. I know I'm, I've heard a lot of good things about revival, but in terms of personal investment, this is it for me. In terms of like something that I've been anticipating, something that I'm gonna, I know that I'm gonna go fucking overboard and, and pour in as much as we've done. And I, I will say this will be a lot like the coverage we did back in 2019. We have different, we have a, we have we have constants. And then we have guests and they're rotating and i think they're all going to have really cool perspectives as we go through one section after the other this is all being timed around the same time that jason Pellegrini is doing his own reread of it so it does feel like an event it's the 60th anniversary we're actually breaking tradition and we're we're dropping an episode on wednesday to time with the 1122 thing so we are trying to make this an event i know that if i get too i know once the kennedy chapters and the oswald stuff go in i'm going to get back into my Kindergarten days I'm just obsessing Over this shit But It's going to be fun It's going to be an event And that's not even The only event That we have coming up We have Christine Here in Chicago On December 19th Kings Dominion At the Music Box Theater And uh, we're going to be Recording an episode there With potentially A special guest Uh, We've sent out an email Waiting Christine their back. is going to show up. Christine is going to show up. It's, it's going to be the long. original car, and uh, it's going to pull into the the. They're going to open up all the doors at the music box and get get her in there. And then you just going to Kool
4: Aid Man through the wall. Yeah,
3: it's just, it's just <laughs> during just, the interview, she just responds with by playing bad to the bone. Yeah, no it's <laughs> like, oh, cool. all right, well, hey, Terminator reference. Yeah,
2: yeah. So we have that. That's so that. But so yeah, we're gonna have that, and I'm I'm really gonna try. My damnedest to squeeze in a Long Watch episode after in the midst of all that 11 63 coverage because I missed Cujo already this year, which is fine. We'll, we'll get it next year. I really don't want to miss Christine, especially if we get that guest, and especially if we have this event. And the tickets are on sale now, so if you want to come in and spend the holidays or the early holidays, this is some of the best times of the year because it's right before christmas so it's it's you still got it's like the thursday of the weekend right you know you you get to still party a little bit so it'll be fun we'll probably have some some specialty drinks we'll probably we're gonna definitely have all this merch and a lot of us are gonna be there so it'll be good times and speaking of good times keep tabs on us over at instagram facebook x x twitter whatever losers club pod losers Club, the losers club podcast search for us you'll find us and then, you know, we're in November. Time for thank, thanking people. Why don't you thank us? Because we, we have talked about Stephen King for almost well over seven years now. Uh, almost why do you thank us with giving us some bright red pretty wise clown noses? We love to hear them. You know, sometimes we get some reviews that are not so nice. They're naughty. They get some coal from us <laughs> and I will make fun of these people on the podcast. But if you give us the five noses and you tell us that we're fucking cool and I don't know, just tell, be critical. If you want to be critical, be critical. But if you want to tell us that you love us, go for it. We, could, we And where can they
0: leave those noses, Mike?
2: Well, you could leave them on Apple podcasts or you can go to Spotify and uh, leave us some, uh, I think you can really do noses in Spotify. I don't even know if you can actually do reviews at Spotify. Mm, mm-hmm. I should know this, but anyway, leave the reviews there. We love to we love to read them, and then uh, we love to hate read them too. So you know, anyway, speak for yourself. I know I hate them. I hate reading. No, them. I stress read them. <laughs> well, you still read. Uh, never mind. I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm not going to go into that road. Anyway, thanks everyone here joining us on this this wild ride through Hollywood King. Thank you to our trusty editor Kyle Rosevich. And uh, thank you, constant listeners. God bless America. <laughs> and speaking of America, let's hit that road and we'll be seeing you over long days
1: and, and pleasant, pleasant, pleasant
4: nights. Night. I,
1: I, got, I got some hot friends. I got some hot friends. I got some hot friends. I got, I got some hot friends.
0: This is the end of our show, for now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more.